0: The 28th regular meeting in the Memphis City Council will now come to order. Clerk Herdebyes, please call the roll.
1: Council Carabiello. Present. Council De La Russo. Present. Council
0: Knight. Council
1: Knight. Council Knight? Present. Thank you. Vice President Lungokern. Yes. Councilor Marks? Present. Council Scarpelli. Present. President Falco. Present.
0: Seven present. Could everyone please rise to salute the flag? I pledge allegiance, I pledge allegiance to the flag. flag the United States of America, the to republic for which it stands, one nation, under God,
2: God indivisible, with liberty and
0: justice for all. Councilor Carviello.
3: Thank you, Mr. President. Mr. President, um, motion to suspend the rules to, to uh, accept the committee re- report from uh, the Committee of the Whole this evening.
0: On the motion to accept the committee the report, Offered by Council Caviello, seconded by Council Knight. Council, uh, the Committee of the Whole report was uh, regarding the uh, Tufts University lodging licenses. Council Russo.
4: Yes, am I on? Yes, you're on. Thank you. Thank as you. President, uh, we met in Committee of the Whole uh, at 6 o'clock. We received a paper that was sent to Committee from the last Council meeting regarding a number of. Uh, rooming house licen- licenses uh, there were a number of properties that uh, Tufts University had converted into student housing uh, these were uh, homes uh, that they owned various properties they've converted into low-scale student housing they're um, improved uh, tremendously the uh, look and uh, uh, quality of the neighborhood uh, and um, there are certainly physical, major physical improvements to the housing. We've spoken in quite about in detail. You have the list of the locations, they're present. I don't know, we discussed it uh, in uh, the transparency room. So I don't know if we have to repeat ourselves here. But um, we um, uh, voted uh, unanimously to uh, report it out favorably, Mr. President, um, uh, over time, over the past year and a half. Uh, a great many details surrounding these uh, uh, homes have, uh, these uh, dorms have been uh, reviewed. Uh, they're on the tax rolls and um, so uh, uh, motion uh, to approve uh, and to grant the licenses, Mr. President.
0: On the motion of Councilor Del Russo, seconded by Councilor Caviello to approve those minutes. All those in favor. Aye. All opposed? And to grant passes. the
4: licenses, Mr. President. Excuse me? And to grant the licenses. Yes.
0: So to uh, approve the committee report and to approve the licenses. On that motion, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. All those opposed? The motion passes. Congratulations Mo- to Tufts University. Thank you and congratulations.
5: Okay.
0: On the motion of. uh, On the motion of Councilor Caviello, seconded by Vice President Longo-Current to revert to the regular order of business. All those in favor, all those opposed will now revert to the regular order of business. Hearings, notice of a public hearing. City of Medford, City Clerk's Office, September 10, 2019. The Medford City Council will conduct a public hearing on September 10, 2019 at 7 p.m. in the Howard F. Alden Memorial Auditorium on the second floor of Medford City Hall at 85 George P. Hassett Drive from Massachusetts, relative to a proposed amendment to the Medford City Council, by the Medford City Council to amend the chapter 94 zoning article six to require an applicant for a variance or special permit to erect public notification panels at the site for which variances or special permits are requested. The proposed ordinance revision identifies location, number, schedule, duration, content, graphics, and construction standards. A full copy of the text of the amendment is available at the office of the City Clerk, room 103, Medford City Hall. Please call the Medford City Clerk's office at 713932425 2425 for any accommodations and or aids. By order of the Medford City Council, Adam L. Herneby, City Clerk. I declare the uh, public hearing open. Open to those in favor of the petition. Could you please come forward? Anyone in favor of the petition? Hi, could we please have your name and address for the record? Sure,
6: Jean Nuzzo, 35 Paris Street, in the interest of full disclosure, candidate for Medford mm-hmm. City Council. Um, I- order Mr. Yes.
0: Mr. President. Council of Della, what's it, Council of Della, Council Della Russo.
4: The rules of the Medford City Council point out uh, especially in Rule 43 that there should be no advertisements, placards, or anything of that sort in the City Council Mm -hmm. Chambers during City Council business, during City business, Mr. President. One of the things that that rule was driven at is the uh, openly campaigning for office in the Chambers. It's prohibited by the rules of the City Council. I scoured, Mr. President. Robert's Rules of Orders, which uh, is the document that uh, council rules are based upon. They're the accepted uh, document and standard for parliamentary procedure. And it's referenced that that should always be deferred to um, uh, in the city council rules. Mr. President, uh, while campaigning is not mentioned in Robert's Rules, The general, uh, the purpose of the rules is not only to set up procedures for parliamentary discussion as we are having here now, but also to set a standard of behavior and principles to be observed. So we have specifics and then we have principles over which uh, that these specifics are guided. Uh, Mr. President, uh, the purpose of city council meetings is to do the business of the city and not to entertain a cavalcade of uh, uh, candidates for office who are emerging weeks before the city uh, elections. Um, So there is a letter of the law and a spirit of the law. Now the campaign laws of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts specifically prohibit uh, campaigning in a uh, city council or uh, such assembly and uh, prohibit campaigning within uh, city halls or any public building during the conduct of normal business hours um, so um, mr. president I, I point these things out because uh, in the 14 years that I've been on this body um, and in the lifetime I've observed it being the son of a city councilor mayor and great nephew of a city councilor and mayor I um, I'm well aware of these things, and I understand the distinctions in, in the rules and regulations and I must say, mr. President, that of all the uh, members of this body who are junior to me, not by age but by service on the council, uh, not one of those members have uh, darkened that that doorway uh, while they were candidates uh, and presented themselves at the uh, council meetings so I just uh, point that out as a uh, uh, point of order, Mr. President. I realize that you have the discretion uh, to act as you do and as uh, you see fit, Mr. President, but I must uh, say that I also have an obligation, um, I feel, uh, to point these matters out to you with all due respect.
0: Thank you, councilor Del Russo. <clears throat> um, so if we could, and this goes for any candidates that may be in the room. you come up, you just name an address for the record.
6: You do not have to state. As I said, my intention was not for anything other than the interest of full disclosure. I I could have said much more if I was campaigning. I I understand. So uh, so, uh, please continue. Great. So um, I'm glad to see this um, re-enlivened and back on the agenda. It's been a long haul to get it here. I appreciate that there's a hearing on this, and I want to exuberantly VEHEMENTLY PUT MY SUPPORT BEHIND THIS BECAUSE I THINK IT PROTECTS THE PEOPLE OF OUR CITY AND OUR NEIGHBORHOODS BECAUSE IT ASSURES THAT ANYONE GOING BY THAT PARCEL GETS NOTICE THAT THERE IS SOMETHING SIGNIFICANT ABOUT TO HAPPEN THERE AND IT IS BEST PRACTICES FOR MANY OF THE SURROUNDING CITIES. THANK YOU. APPRECIATE IT. THANK YOU. ANYONE ELSE
0: THAT WOULD LIKE TO SPEAK IN FAVOR OF THE PETITION, PLEASE COME FORWARD. PLEASE HAVE YOUR NAME AND ADDRESS FOR THE RECORD.
7: Hi, Erin Benedetto, 21 Dearborn Street, Medford. Um, I am also in favor of this. Any way we can reach out to the citizens so that they can uh, have a visual if they're not online, if they're driving by, if they, I think it works. Other communities do this and do it well. Um, and I'm glad to see that we're moving forward in this way. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else would like to, that would like to speak in favor of the petition?
0: The hearing and seeing none, I declare this portion of the hearing closed. Anyone in opposition of the uh, petition? Is anyone in the opposition of the petition? Please step forward. Anyone? Okay. Hearing and seeing none, I declare this portion of the hearing closed. Uh, I now call upon the uh, chairperson of uh, ordinances, uh, Council Knight. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize, Councilor Scarpelli.
8: uh, If, if I can, I know that uh, Councilor Vice President uh, Lungo Curran, I think that is probably better suited right now for the work that she's done on this. So, Vice President Lungo
9: Curran. Thank you, President Falco, and thank you to um, Councilor Scarpelli, who's now the chair of the zoning subcommittee. Um, i think at the time council falco you were the chair and you served with council knight and i um, thanks to to Jean, who, br- who brought this idea i believe to the forefront um, and has been pushing along the way this council moved approval on this it's a long time coming I, I i'm glad it's coming to its third reading notification panels on new developments or anybody any project that needs a special permit is extremely important for people that don't happen to see um Agendas online or are in the clerk's office on a daily basis to see what meetings are um, are coming forward. Notification panels will um, show the location, the numbers, the schedule, the duration, the content, the graphics, and the construction standards. And I think. That's very important to people who live in a neighborhood, who want to preserve the character of their neighborhood, and and just know what's going on, be able to voice their concerns, know when meetings are going to be held, know when construction is going to start. It's um, extremely important. We've seen what's gone on in the last four years, and I wish this was implemented sooner, but we've done it, and this is um, just a win-win for the city and the community and our neighborhoods.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Vice President Longo Kern. Councilor Carviello.
3: Thank you, Mr. President. Mr. President, um, don't we have something similar to this already in place? Um, I, I've, I've seen projects where uh, the board has been in front of the house and there's been notifications on them.
0: I believe that might be for demolition
3: just purposes. Is just for, just I think for
0: it's demolition? I demolition purposes only.
3: Only for demolition
10: purposes. Yes, correct.
0: That's the current one.
3: This, right.
0: Thank this you. Is, this is different. Uh, Councillor Knight. Uh,
10: Mr. President, thank you very much. Um, being a member of the zoning subcommittee that um, was part of putting this matter together, um, I voiced concern during those discussions and deliberations that I felt as though, number one, these things are kind of ugly in our neighborhoods, and number two, that um, it seems as though it's a bit excessive, um, especially considering when you look at the zoning use chart, the number of items that require a special permit, such as uh, a keynote-to-go license. So does this mean that if a convenience store applies for a keynote-to-go license? and they are supposed to be receiving a special permit from the city council for that keynote-to-go license. They'll be required to to put notification panels up in front of their store saying that keynote-to-go license are going to be uh, discussed at a city council meeting for a special permit. Um, That coupled with the fact that, you know, the average taxpayer in the community that wants to uh, uh, seek a variance to put a small deck on their backyard that doesn't meet the setback requirements, should be required to put a notification panel in front of the House. I just think it's excessive, Mr. President. We've addressed a number of concerns relative to notifications uh, when it comes down to matters requiring uh, Zoning Board of Appeals applications and the like. We've expanded the um, brevity and scope of our notification processes uh, when it comes to matters that are before the Zoning Board of Appeals for large-scale developments and I feel as though uh, that satisfies the needs in this community.
0: Thank you, Councilor Knight. Vice President lungo Kern. Um, this this has to do with
9: a special permit before the Zoning Board of Appeals, and I think we went over that. This is not going to be um, for decks. This is if you're adding a, a unit or units to or a de- major development. Um, so I, we we discussed that language. I know it's, it was quite some time ago, months ago, but we hammered that all out, and this is the third reading. So I think tonight tonight's first. this the first reading. Oh, is the first reading? Yeah. No, this is, this is the third reading. We already sent it to um, development
0: Community board to Development Board. Okay, board. You, are are you are correct, I'm sorry. You are correct. We didn't do anything with it, then we sent it back to the Community Development Board. It's yeah, but we had to start, we had to start off again. Right. So it had to go to the Community Development Board. And, and technically, the Community Development yep. Board is not meeting on it until tomorrow. So, so this is actually reading one, because we had to restart the process. Which we already, so. already did. So. There was a previous response that came back on the same resolution, but because of the timing issue, it had to start off from the beginning again. I mean, maybe the best thing is to move it to a date certain, maybe next week. I'm sorry, two weeks when we meet again on the twenty fourth, and then we will have the reply back from them. But I don't schedule their meeting, so their meeting is actually tomorrow. So, um, but we we can do that if that's something that that's up to the council. If that's you know someone might wants to. Uh, make that resolution by vice president Longo current. You have the floor and then council marks is
9: a I, I haven't noted uh, in my book to bring up the third reading for the notification panels on September 24th after the Community development boards hearing on September 11th. It appeared on the council agenda. So I Was moving it forward but either way is fine with me I think I knew this this is the yeah the third reading the 24th would be fine too after we hear their recommendations um, from tomorrow night, and I, we're in the time frame to do this on September 24th. So I've been keeping track of that
11: sure.
0: For parliamentary procedure council tonight. night
10: um, I believe that any action that we take should be in accord with uh, chapter 48 mm-hmm. of the general laws and uh, That would say that this council does not have the opportunity to vote on this zoning matter before it until 21 days pass from the close of the zone of the uh, public hearing of the Community Development Board or a report is issued prior to 21 days. That's the only time that we can take this up is after 21 days from the close of that public hearing. So anything that we do other than that would be contrary to law at this point in time.
0: So are you making a motion to move this to a date certain on the 24th?
10: I'm voting against it either way so I'm really not too concerned about it one way or the other.
0: Thank you, Council Knight. Council Marks.
12: Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, I have no problem waiting till after the uh, Zoning Board uh, has their uh, public hearing. So I have no problem with that. Uh, I just would like to put in my support, Mr. President. Uh, In my opinion, uh, all too often you hear from neighbors that may not be within the 300 feet, or now I think it's 400 feet, notification, and say how come we didn't know as area residents about what's going on in this particular lot. And I think having some type of board, Mr. President, that lays out what's taking place Um, uh, Does nothing more than inform residents of what's happening in the community and in particular residents that may not be reading A council agenda or attending a subcommittee meeting or a zoning board meeting But happen to live there and be walking their dog of walking their children and and want to know what's going on in the neighborhood Secondly mr. President uh, a board of this magnitude in my opinion is notification. It's not ugly if you want to look at ugly things in neighborhoods, broken sidewalks, tree stumps that have been there for 100 years, you know potholes, those are ugly things that exist in our neighborhoods. Double poles in the community that are spread all over the city, those are ugly and eyesores. Uh, not uh, a board that uh, its purpose is to notify residents of what's happening in their neighborhood.
0: Thank you, Councilor Marks. Okay. Is there a motion from the floor to uh, table this to a date certain? Council De La Russo. Uh, Now
4: that the public hearing's been had, motion to defer a vote on this matter to a time uh, consistent with the law at the President's discretion to re- reintroduce it on the uh, agenda.
0: Okay. On the motion of uh, Council De La Russo to table this to uh, date certain, provided we have a report from the Community Development Board, uh, which would be uh, September 24th-ish. Seconded by Vice President Longo-Curran. Point of information, Council Knight. Is the public
10: hearing open or is the public hearing going to be closed? Because right now we just had a public hearing, right? Yes.
0: So So
10: what we would do would be continue the public hearing to a date certain as opposed to table the paper. Close the public hearing and table the paper.
0: Continue the hearing. On that motion, all those in favor? Aye. All those opposed, the motion passes.
12: President, move suspension
0: of the rules. On the motion of Councilor Marks to suspend the rules. All those in favor? Seconded by uh, Vice President Lungo Kern. All those in favor? All those opposed? The motion passes. The rules are suspended. Councilor Marks. Mr. President, I offer a suspension uh, tonight uh, regarding uh,
12: a lot of land behind Sydney Street. I I know we have some residents here, uh, and my resolution is to update uh, the City Council and the residents of uh, Sydney Street. Regarding the lot of land uh, and if you can read that resolution. Yes, that'd be great
0: Offered by council marks be resolved that the city council receive an update on the property directly behind Sydney Street Council marks
12: Thank you, mr. President um, Several months back we had a committee the whole meeting uh, on the land in between uh, Budweiser and Sydney Street There's a large lot of land that runs directly behind the homes uh, which has uh, a city utility uh, in the middle of this land um, and residents uh, that abut this property for many, many years, not just recently, have been concerned about uh, the nature of the growth uh, in that area. Um, and uh, we as a council did a Committee of the Whole, we actually traversed the lot itself. Yes. And I, I think we witnessed firsthand how, uh, uh, how unruly it is back there, to say the least. And uh, a lot of dumping that takes place back there. And we requested as a committee, uh, as a council, to uh, hire uh, an engineer to go out and do um, a plot review of that area to see who owns it. And um, I believe uh, the report is available now. It's my understanding that uh, that land which we initially thought was part Budweiser, part the city, because of the utility. (laughs) Uh, I'm hearing is uh, owned by Budweiser. And we have a utility right of easement to gain access to the underground utility. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, I I know there's some residents, they may want to speak, Mr. President. But uh, my recommendation here tonight would be to immediately have a meeting with Budweiser and ask that uh, they clean that property in the interest of public safety. Mm -hmm. As we saw, there's a lot of dry wood back there. These homes are in very close proximity to uh, the dry wood and so forth. So there's a, there's a major concern back there, rodents, infestation, you name it. Uh, a neighbor just told me that one of the tree limbs uh, fell over their fence and broke their fence and actually almost hit a neighbor that was back there. So it really needs to be attended to. So that would be my motion, Mr. President, That. Uh, We immediately address this with Budweiser and ask that the property be cleaned.
0: Okay. If if, if I may really quick uh, because you brought brought this up and and it's, this is a very important issue. I remember that committee the whole meeting jumping through all the trees and the limbs and whatnot. Um, And it is a mess back there. Uh, But just to let you know, I did receive a call from uh, Mayor Burke's office this afternoon pretty much stating the same thing and that is that Uh, Budweiser does own the land. There is an easement for the city of Medford, but Budweiser owns the property. And I was told that uh, the mayor has contacted Budweiser to have them actually clean the land. Uh, That's all I know, but I just wanted to pass that information on. That's that's admirable, Mr. President. Just want to tell you, you that's the information that I received at about 5 o'clock this afternoon. You
12: know, we we, we wouldn't be knee deep in that land if uh, when the residents approached the city administration
0: Mm -hmm. back
12: some years ago, asking them to help them out which they never did, and then they came to the council for assistance. And we had the meeting there, Mr. President, and requested all this take place. And it's Mm -hmm. great that the mayor wants to jump in in the last minute, and that's fine. But uh, I want to make sure that we carry this out, and we make sure that Budweiser cleans this up. I was also told that by one of the neighbors, that when they talked to the city administration, Budweiser unequivocally stated, we have no money to clean that up. And that's what they told the city administration told the neighbors, Mr. President. We have no money to clean that up. And uh, that, in my opinion, is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that we're all on board here tonight.
0: Thank you, Councilor Marks. Um, I, I was just relaying the information that I had. I, I, I have, no, wanted, I have, have no problem with that, me. but
12: there's seven of us.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Right, uh,
12: right. there's seven of us. So if I we're agree. getting information, we, we should all get information. No, and
0: I just wanted to let you know, that, that was given to me, so I was just passing that on. But, um, uh, it's, it's, I agree with you, it needs to be addressed. It's a horrible problem that you have to live with down there. Um, it should have been addressed years ago, so I, I do agree. Um, thank you, Councilor Mox. Councilor Scarpelli.
8: Uh, thank you, Mr. President, and I appreciate Councilor uh, Mox bringing this up. I know I've been uh, uh, conversing with a few neighbors myself, and we're going back and forth. I did talk to uh, Mr. Karen this afternoon. He, he reiterated the same concerns. He did tell me that they will be going in and cleaning out the area that is ours um the other uh concern that we all have is that we also heard that the city did notify budweiser and he did say that the biggest issue right now being that it's a new company that's based in europe they're having a difficult time so i know that we've um i know council mox has brought this up uh many times but looking at the clean it and lean it i know that we've been going out and i think that giving it a timeline that we can address as a council that then we could af- actually forced, force them to um, do something. Because now, not only it's public safety, we're talking about health concerns uh, with the rat the rat and mice infestation. Um, you know The big concerns we had were the unknown and those answers have been answered. We know whose land is whose. We know what has to get done. So, um, you know, uh, I make a, a, a if i can if we can make a resolution that we um, that we ask the um the city code enforcement officer to reach out to Budweiser and give them a timeline so we can move forward with a a demanded response if we can Thank you
0: thank you councillor scarpelli council deuso
4: Thank you mr president um i, I, I I agree with uh, Councillor Scott Pelly's amendment uh, to this matter. Getting code enforcement or the Board of Health out there uh, to serve serve uh, notice uh, to the proprietors uh, and give them a time frame that they must complete this is important. I find it hard to believe that the King of Bears, even though it was taken over by a foreign monarchy, uh, can't uh, swing a little landscaping expenses. Um, but uh, so. I, you know, I wouldn't uh, hang my hat on that. Um, so let's just get this done. It's been cleared up as to who's responsible. The city is gonna take care of its end. The landowners need to take care of theirs. And that's it.
0: Thank you, Councilor Delaruso. Councilor Caviello.
3: Thank you, Mr. President. Mr. President, while, while we were there doing our um, walkthroughs a few months ago, um, there was a, a, a good amount of wetland there and especially with the uh, mosquito population right now, I would request that the Board of Health go down there and check that area uh, for the mosquitoes to make sure that there's no uh, there's no West West Island, the triple E virus going in there before we start uh, moving around that water and things there. So uh, if I can make that part of the paper to have the uh, Board of Health check the mosquito uh, uh, thing there to make sure that we're not transmitting any bugs as there's children that live in that neighborhood and the last thing we need would be uh, one of the children to get bit by a mosquito that had something, uh, the West Nile virus.
0: Thank you, Councilor. So we'll
3: make that um, by the report to go to the Board of Health.
0: We'll make that an amendment to the resolution. Thank you, Councilor Carviello. Vice President Longo Kern. Um, thank you, President
9: Falco. I agree with my colleagues. I think um, we have some serious issues back there with regards to t- trees falling, branches, um, going onto private property. There's many people that live along that gully, and I've heard, you know, people's fences are getting damaged, and God forbid an actual dead tree, because there's many of them back there, falls and does more damage than just to a fence. Um, you know, again, Council Carviello also said, you know, the Board of Health, it was it was pretty smelly and nasty back there, so I think that's an important component of it and the clean and lean ordinance. We have to hold Budweiser accountable. Um, Thank you for that update. I tried to get the update. Tim, our engineer, has been very responsive um, but last week I tried to get an update and the mayor's office just wants the residents to call them so I wasn't able to get it myself. Um, So it's good to get something tonight from the mayor's office. Um, I think it's important that the mayor's office does lend a hand in this Um, help John Bavuso, our code enforcement officer, and our health Department to move this along and really put some pressure on Bud to clean this up um, in the interest of public safety and public health.
0: Thank you, Vice President Longo. Current Councilor Knight. Uh,
10: Mr. President, thank you very much. I'd like to piggyback on uh, Councilor Scott uh recommendation that we move forward with a clean it or lean it uh, application. Uh, but in order for us to do that, Mr. President, there's one thing that we need to do, and that would be uh, fund it. So if we want to apply clean it and lean it, there's going to have to be a cost estimate that would come from Mr. Pavuso. Uh, for him to say in order for us to clean and lean this property it's going to cost X amount of dollars. I think the council would be very supportive of uh, making an appropriation to whatever necessary extent is required to get this uh, property cleaned up. Um, so I'd like to further amend the paper and request that the court enforcement officer provide the council uh, with a cost estimate as to uh, what they feel as though the cleanup would entail and cost um, so that we can prepare to put a tax lien on the property of Budweiser um, for a company of their size with uh, international control that says they don't have money uh, when they get that tax lien on their tax bill, uh, I'm under the impression and the feeling and the belief, Mr. President, that they'll find the money somehow uh, to get that done once that tax lien gets filed. So um, with that being said, I'd like to amend the paper and request that the Court Enforcement Office provide us with a cost estimate as to what the cleanup cost would be and that uh, we ask the administration to provide a request for appropriation in that equivalent amount uh, once that estimate is provided to the Council.
0: Thank you, Council Knight. Did, uh, were there some residents that wanted to speak on this issue? If you could please have your name and address for the record.
13: Yeah, my name is Karen DeCenzo. I live at 100 Sydney Street. You all have been there in the backyard, and you went through my fence to get up there, but you only saw the small part. So Erica and I went Sunday, and we took a video. I have nine videos of this that's from the Fourth Street coming in and how nice it looks. You go three houses down in the gully. You can walk close to three houses. From there, I mean, I'm a 71-year-old woman and I was almost dead by the time I got out of there. Going up, going down, you can't go anywhere. You gotta jump over these trees that are in the middle of the gully. It's absolutely ridiculous. No, I don't. Are those the pictures or the video? You have a video. I sent a video to him today. Okay. I came this afternoon. I came and sa- I gave him a video for everybody here to see. I hope, I don't know if he's looked at it, but I, I hope you all do look at that, how bad it really is. How bad when you get down closer to my house, the, how they built land up so much higher another three feet higher than what the land is, in their area, and that might be okay for them, but you should see the mess that's in there. And then they're blaming us for doing all the, um, throwing everything in there. The neighbor lost two things of her house. Thank you, God, it wasn't the big branch that's coming over because that's gonna kill somebody. (laughs) That branch is definitely going to kill somebody in her house, okay? I can't ask anymore. There's got to be something done or the, the Sydney Street is gonna to have to do something about it because this is absolutely, positively not safe. If that was my yard, do you know how quick you people would be up there making me clean my yard? This is crazy. That's a big company and nobody's, nobody's helping. They don't even want to hear you. But when I went to uh, Mayor Burke's office today, I met the woman, uh, Deanna. Which I thought, in the when I brought the pitches of all to, up to you people, I thought I met Deanna, but I didn't. I met somebody else, but they said they were Deanna. Okay. So anyway, I I gave her all that stuff in the deep PW. The DPW, they had their, they were looking at all this stuff. Okay, we're gonna get this done. We're gonna fix it. We need help back there. We definitely need help back there. Now, the girl today, Deanna, that I did meet, I I met her and I said, You're not Deanna. And she says, Yes, I am. I said, Well, I didn't ever meet you. (laughs) So it was like a crazy thing today when I spoke with her. But she has also promised that this is going to get done because she's not a person that doesn't fix something and do it at the right way so they all they got a um um, a video of all of this too but if you watch that video it's 35 minutes long from erica and i walking from the beginning of fourth street up to the end which takes five minutes 35 minutes long to get up in and up up down, up, down. It was absolutely ridiculous. I thought I was going to die by the time I was done. In the end of this thing, you see me holding a stick to make sure I can get out of there. All right. You know, I clean my back. I try very hard. My boyfriend tries very hard. There's nothing growing up, but then a tree falls down on, on her land and then part on mine. But my, ha- my fence is supported by a chain link fence, so it didn't break it. So that's the only reason for that. But really, we need help there and we need it now, not tomorrow, not a month from now. Because I thought in April, I wasn't gonna be here ever again. But here I am again. I had to do the same thing for the pumping station. I think, you know, I've tried hard enough, hard enough for everybody. I think if you lived on my street, you would realize exactly. I don't like looking out at that. I really don't. Oh, the fire department also has the video. They're taking a look at that also because we dropped it off there also. So, I mean, just, you need to help us. If you can't help us, I need to go someplace else to get the help.
0: Okay. we're definitely
13: trying to help. Okay, that's all I ask for, trying. But I need it done. I know everybody's trying. But you know what? It goes to the agenda on the other sides. So we forget about it. Until I come back again. Until I come back again. That is a fire hazard. Now, the chief of police, the the chief of the, um, uh, the deputy chief I spoke to. And um, he said to me, well, don't worry because it's, the, 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 the green won't never catch on fire and i'm saying the green won't catch on fire but everything is dead underneath the green so that's what's going to catch on fire everything that is so dried out dead it's going to go and it's going to go quick
0: so council marks had a uh, Mr. point Mr. Of President,
12: I, I just want to make sure it's understood that after we did the committee the whole we had to go out and hire an That's engineer right. to come out. I so, understand that. Yep. And, and we didn't even get the report yet. But no, I was to- d-
13: But it's in. I, I it's been that, in.
12: Right. I was told it's in. Yeah, but so, just now? Yeah, well, well, today. Yeah. But, but I haven't seen it yet. But I just want you to know that we were waiting for the report before we take action because we didn't know who owned the property. We didn't know if it was city okay. property. We well, didn't know if it was by the It's been in for a while,
13: I believe. It's been in for a while. It has been in for a while. It has. And we got so many stakes, but down the, front of the house, then down the front coming in, the first three, four, five houses have no stakes whatsoever. So I guess that must, they must say that that's their land, I guess, because then it goes down and, and it starts, the stakes come in. Now I have a stake in my, at the back of my house, I think you guys saw it, it's a green pole that sits there. That's my property. So whatever I have that has ever even gone on the other side of that part of that, my property, I'll take it off myself and I'll put it where I want it because I want to protect my animals and stuff from any, anything getting in there because there's coyotes and everything that are there. Coyotes are so bad out there. They stand there and they look at me right through my window and they don't move no matter what I do. That's how bad they are there. So I'd really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. I think nice. all of Sydney Street would appreciate it. I just wish more people would be able to come up and give them what they feel about it, but they're unable to do it. That's all right. Thank you. We, we, thank, okay. you for,
0: we thank you for coming down, and we thank you, too, for letting us access that. You, you oh, that oh, come nice on down now. Through. You haven't
13: seen nothing Sorry. yet. It's getting worse. That's you haven't. S- I'd love you to come down now and walk through. I'll give you the sticks to go. I will. I had to do it. Why doesn't everybody else have to do it? I had to go crazy. You should have seen me jumping over logs, or whatever you call them, the tree. I got to jump over them. I got to sit on the log in order to get over it. So, and I, and uh, you know, just wear jeans and stuff if you want to come down and visit.
0: All right. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank Thank you you very much. Bye. On the motion of Councilor Marks, seconded by Councilor Carviello as amended by- Roll call vote, Mr. President. Okay, as amended by Councilor Scarpelli, Councilor Carviello, Councilor Knight. A roll call vote has been requested. Clerk Hernebis, please call the roll. Councilor
1: Carviello? Yes. Councilor Del Russo? Yes. Councilor Knight? Yes. Vice President Lundgren? Yes. Councilor Marks? Yes.
0: Yes, seven in the affirmative, uh, zero in the negative. The motion passes. Mr. President, on the suspension paper, one,
4: nine,
0: five, five, six, please. On the, while we're under suspension, uh, uh, one, nine, five, five, six. Okay, petitions, presentations, and similar papers. Uh, one, nine, dash five, five, six. Petition for a common vigil is licensed by uh, Wandan Lu, 64 Columbus Ave., Braintree, Massachusetts, 02184 for Grace and Leo Incorporated. DBA Mays Cafe, 367 Main Street, Medford, Mass, 02155. On file, business certificate number 178, building department, fire department, police, traffic impact, health department, treasurer, letter of compliance, state tax ID, workman's compensation, and petitioner. Is the petitioner present? Hi, can we please have your name and address for the record,
8: please? Yes, good evening, Mr. President, members of the board. My name is Attorney Russell Chin, Chin Law Firm, 400 Hancock Street, Quincy, Massachusetts.
6: Thank you. Yes, my name is Wan Dong 64 Columbus Avenue, Branch Mass. 02184. Thank you.
0: At this point, I'll turn it over to the Chairperson on Licensing, Councillor Scarpelli. Uh,
8: thank you, Mr. President. Um, I see that all of your paperwork is in. Uh, Everything is in order. I know before we move on, uh, if any of our colleagues have any questions, um, I know that we hear them first,
0: okay? Uh,
5: Councilor Knight.
10: Mr. President, thank you very much. I think we're all very familiar with Mays Cafe, a very successful business down in South Medford. And uh, for as long as Mays Cafe has been (laughs) in operation, um, there's been a gentleman who's been the face of Mays Cafe, Raymond and i know raymond's uh, worked there uh, for a number of years as an owner and then as a manager and uh, is raymond going to be raymond, uh, yes. involved yes. still he is still yes. yes. excellent, excellent. Yes. And, uh, well, that's great news. Raymond's a great grant and great worker. Um, but uh, in reviewing the paperwork and looking at the matters that are before me, I don't have any reason to uh, stand in the way of the transfer of this license. Um, I do want to ask you guys if you understand what the hours of operation are, uh, what the hours of operation are going to be, if there are going to be any changes to the menu, um, and what any residents in the neighborhood should expect uh, from this transfer Though.
8: We um, do not anticipate any changes to the menu or to the physical structure of the restaurant the hours requested are 11 a.m.
10: to uh, 11 p.m., Monday to Sunday. I think that's in line with what you do now, correct? Yes. Yes. Excellent. Thank you very much. Move for approval, Mr. President.
0: On the motion of Council Knight for approval, Councillor Delarusso.
4: Now, how long have
0: you been in? I can't do the chair. Apologize. Yep.
4: Councillor How long have you folks been in operation there?
14: So, me. Uh, almost
6: nine years
4: thank you thank you mr. president I'm a direct butter to the location I'm a frequent visitor to their cuisine and I can testify that they've been good neighbors attentive neighbors uh, they run a clean operation um, and uh, it's a pleasure always to do business with them and I wish them great luck
0: thank you counsel De La Council Scarpelli.
8: So uh, with that, Mr. President, I find everything in order. I move approval with this paper.
0: On the motion of Council Scarpelli, seconded by Council Knight. All those in favor? All, right. All those opposed? Motion passes. Well on suspension, Congratulations. Mr. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. very much. Thank, Thank you.
8: While we well, suspension, Council Scarpelli. I'm sorry. Um, if we can. We have uh residents here of a paper 19. 19- Five five four, please.
0: One nine five five four, offered by Councilor Scarpelli. Be it resolved that the City Administration look into adding noise barriers along Route ninety three, on the north side to mirror what was, what is on the south side of Route ninety three, Councilor Scarpelli.
8: Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I know that uh, this was a discussion from a, um, a very involved uh, new resident here in Medford and uh, we had a discussion on what we needed uh, to do to move something forward because of the quality of life concerns of the people on this side of 93 because of the, uh, the noise and the, uh, from what I've gathered now from other residents, the increased noise when the barrier on the other side on the south side wasn't there. Um, they're seeing that um, the noise that's now bouncing off of that barrier is bringing n- more noise to the Fountain Street area. So, um, I, what I'd like to do is I'd like to uh, see if Alex Light—he's done a remarkable job—to come to the podium. He's done a lot of this homework himself. Uh, if he could just present a little bit, a little information to share with the counselors and the viewing public, and then um, I'll have a resolution to move forward with the r-
15: request later. So.
0: Can we please have your name and address for the record?
15: Uh, yeah, Alex Light, 91 Fountain Street. Um, yeah, we uh, we moved in about two years ago, and uh, you know we, we didn't know at first how loud the highway was going to be. But there's been you know kind of street racing, and in the morning the traffic has gotten a lot worse. And uh, you know we know that there's a sound wall on the other side, and when we had asked neighbors, why isn't there one on this side? Uh, you know nobody really seemed to know, and there was um, kind of a lot of question about you know when it had been developed, uh, you know, even the residents who, who had lived here for you know, 20 or 30 years didn't really have any idea why there was one on one side and not one on the other. And so I took it upon myself to email MassDOT and to ask you know, uh, what was the provenance of this decision? When, you know, is one going to be scheduled you know, for review on, on this side? And uh, I really only got sort of a boilerplate response. I followed up with additional questions and didn't hear anything back. And so that's when I, I brought the uh, issue to the council. I really just would like, uh, you know, some information about, um, you know, is a sound wall going to be scheduled to be put in? Um, you know, what's the timeline for that? And um, you know, what, what was the sort of rationale for the decision making for how um, sort of one side got uh, got a wall and the other side didn't? Um, yeah. So that's that's sort of the provenance of it. I, I know there's a few other residents here who've uh, have come to support the issue who also live on the street and uh, you know some longer than others, some you know who lived here as long as uh, before the highway was there. And uh, so, um, yeah, uh, happy to kind of, uh, hear you. the proceeding and
8: help. Thank I you. I can share along with that. Please. I know that Alex uh, and his lovely bride have done a magnificent job of walking the streets of that area, and I know they have a petition signed by m- multiple neighbors and uh, Butters, so I think it's important that um, uh, we, we share that later. But I, I, uh, what we're hearing is, when that construction started, there was a possibility of further construction of a noise barrier on this side, but it fell um, to the wayside and hasn't been revisited. So I think after we hear the neighbors, I'd we'd like to maybe move on something that um, you know we can actually move on it now. But I'd like, what I'd like to do is maybe ask um, for recommendation to move to a subcommittee invite um representative to the dot i know that um clerk herdeby's has a little expertise here and maybe he can lend support later and what what direct department we should focus on i know that i as a transportation chairperson um might fall in that privy but uh with uh you know the the, the um the negative uh living conditions i think it might be a, a different department so um, we can maybe vet that a little as we move forward with uh, some more residents that like to talk.
0: If, if I may, Councilor yeah. Scott so, do you wanna, are you gonna move this to subcommittee or committee the whole, or is I'd like
8: to go to subcommittee okay. and actually invite DOT and our state representatives because it's a state road and we would like, you know, obviously there's going to be uh, fiscal responsibility needed for this wall and maybe asking our state representatives also to come and um, share some, um, knowledge with this this project and i know that uh, many of them were around when this project was uh, was erected so
0: would you like um, just to be specific would you like the whole delegate state delegation from the city or do you want just the representatives the state center and i think it'd be paul denato actually I, or do I, you want or do you want everyone
8: i well i think that uh bigger bang for the buck so we could invite all of them i don't That's want fun. anybody feeling slighted in any way so <laughs> Um, if we can ask all of our delegates if they can make that meeting with the DOT and uh, you know, and um, really get this ball rolling in a positive direction, see if there's something that can be done. I think as Alex and I talked, it, it, and the final conclusion might be that there isn't a resolution, and we have to find another avenue. But right now, I think we need to start some some dialogue now with the uh, stakeholders and our residents on on the north side of 93 because, as he said, um, traffic is only getting worse, and right there in that area, we all know that's a huge cut-through, cut mm-hmm. and traffic is lasting longer and longer in the evenings, later and later, so it's, uh, you know, from what I've feedback I've gotten from na- other neighbors, it is a huge quality of life issue. Um, and, and again, I'll say it again, some of the neighbors that have been around a while, uh, have stated that the noise has doubled since that noise is now bouncing off uh, the south side back to the north side, so uh, thank you.
0: Thank you, Councillor Scarpelli. Councillor Della Russo.
8: Mr. President, uh, I remember
4: when those barriers went up and uh, state representative leader of the House, uh, Paul J. Donato, was instrumental, instrumental in that process. And i think part of it was initiated uh there was sort of a new awareness brought to what was going on in 93 when um uh, we did that uh what was it the fast 15 bridge replacement mm-hmm. up uh, in 93. so um uh, it was started now with some experience dealing with noise uh, mitigation on the green line project um it, it, it's obvious that, yes, the noise increases on one side when you put a barrier on the other. Um, and the highway noise is there. I mean, I hear 93 from my bedroom on Main Street. So it. it um, I can only imagine what it's like living uh, so close to it. Uh, and it must be unbearable at times. Uh, that being said, I think one of the phenomenon that needed to be dealt with um, when we went about this the first time around uh, to get the uh, Present barriers was um, that were in competition with every inch of highway all over the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. So um, that uh, certainly um, uh, presents uh, something that's not insurmountable, but something to be de- dealt with. Also um, I think DOT uses uh, what some people would find to be fallacious uh, uh, noise decibel levels that are uh, implemented by the uh, Federal Transportation uh, Administration in in dealing with these matters. So um, uh, there's a lot to be examined there. But I think uh, a Transportation Committee meeting would be tremendously helpful. Uh, Representative Donato is going to be indispensable in this matter uh, with his leadership and experience. And um, we're going to have to deal with some of those issues. But it can be done. I think we beat out, was there a stretch of Wellesley on 128 that was waiting for their barrier? And their state representative uh, was very upset that Medford should get a barrier before them. So um, uh, in any event, uh, uh, but that's. I I think those are some of the issues that need to be dealt with uh, appropriately as we make our way on this and um it, but I think the people are right certainly uh the amount of traffic uh the length of it um that there are no more rules so there's no predictability of when it is or isn't going to be you have motorcycles you have trucks up shifting down shifting it's I hear it all from Main Street so I can only imagine what you hear next door so um
0: thank you thank you Councillor Della Russo Councillor Knight
4: uh,
10: Mr. President, thank you very much. I think uh, Councilor Della Russo is exactly right. Um, Representative Donato uh, has had quite a bit of success in the past in being able to secure funding for these type of projects. As Councilor Scapelli said, you know, the roadway is uh, under the control jurisdiction of the Massachusetts Highway Department and the Federal Highway Administration, so the city can't unilaterally um, just construct a sound barrier, and you guys know that. Um, but one thing we have been able to do to mitigate certain damages in the community relative to sound and noise on the highway um, has been secure funding through either transportation bond bills or municipal bond bills. And um, based upon the success that the representatives have had in the past, I'd like to offer a B paper, Mr. President, and uh, request that um, our state delegation report back to the council if any transportation bond or municipal bond bills um, had secured funding for the city of Medford for the construction of sound barrier walls along Route 93. And the reason I ask that is because if the money's been secured in these bond bills, then the next step for this council would be to begin to pursue the release of the funds through the governor's office. If the money, if the appropriation's been approved by the legislature, it just needs to be released by the governor's office. So if we can figure out if uh, there was any money appropriated through a transportation or municipal bond bill, um, then we can begin an advocacy campaign on behalf of the residents in the community uh, to have the governor release the bond funding. Um, I think it's very important to point out that the Federal Highway Administration does have involvement in this But they also have programs that provide reimbursements for sound walls of up to 80% um, So that's something that, that we certainly need to investigate and look into uh, pursuant to the Federal Highway Administration's data that I was able to secure um, in 2010 dollars it costs about $50 per square foot for the construction of a sound barrier um, sound barriers specs are about 16 feet high so a one mile, 16 foot high sound barrier would bear a cost of about $4.2 million in 2010, turn, 2010 money. Um, So here we are 10 years down the line, so I would anticipate that that would be a little bit more costly. Um, Certainly an endeavor that's going to require the cooperation of our partners at the state and federal level of government in order to make it come to fruition. Um, So with that being said, Mr. President, I offer the B paper requesting that uh, state delegation report back to us whether or not there are any bonded funds that are available for uh, release that we can advocate for to speed this process up.
0: Thank you, Council Knight. Council Marks.
12: Uh, thank you mr president um i, I was actually a uh, part of many of these meetings that took place between the city and dot when they did the south side and we actually met in neighbors backyards with dot um, and i think honestly why the south side got done before the north side was the south side was organized back some years ago and uh, to be quite frank i think that's how it, it unfolded they were able to get this side but the discussions that i remember we're always to do the north side and then the south side would shortly follow. Now, when they say shortly, we know it's a state. The state, nothing happens quickly with the state, but uh, that was supposed to shortly follow. And I think just over time, no one was following up on it. And you know, you, we heard from residents here and there. You know, I, I get calls every so often, residents will say, not only do I hear the highway, but we're in the zone where planes come over in that particular area. So we're getting bombarded from the sky, we're getting bombarded from the road, and we don't even know now where the noise is coming from. That's how noisy it gets. And as my council colleague mentioned about the on-ramp going north, off of Salem Street. You have motorcycles, you have these little cars that have the souped up uh, mufflers, and they start to pick up speed, and that's all residents are hearing on Fountain Street. And you know it's getting to a point where uh, I think whatever needs to be done, needs to take place immediately. Um, I think there should be some type of state law that if you live within a certain distance from a major highway, that sound barriers should be a given. And I'm not sure why that's not in effect. I I go by some areas in rural areas that have sound barriers and you don't see houses anywhere. You know, and I I don't know how they get it over an area that uh, a backyard abuts it. uh, And the home is, you know, 20 yards from it. So I'm not quite sure how that happens. I was told by uh, Representative Donato that we are on the DOT list. Now that list could be 10 pages long. Where we are, I'm not sure. Um, and I think Councilor Knight brings up a great point that there is transportation bond funding out there um, that we're waiting on. And I think it's a matter of getting our state delegation together. So Councilor Scott Belli's idea of pulling everyone together, state senators, state rep, um, getting them all in the room and saying, hey, this is, we, want, we want an answer and we want to know when it's going to take place. Not if, when it's going to take place, Mr. President. And I think we have to go the full length. I know we're talking fountain, but I think we have to continue it all the way up as far as we can go, Mr. President.
0: I would agree. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Marks. Councilor Knight.
10: Um, it's also important to point out, Mr. President, that I believe on you know, late July, um, the governor's office, Governor Baker, did um, submit to the legislature an $18 billion transportation bond bill. And this transportation bond bill has not passed yet. Um, so we do have a unique opportunity if in fact the legislature reports back to us that there are no bonded appropriations involved in previous transportation or municipal bond bills, uh, that we have an opportunity right now to pursue a um, state delegation to request that the funds be included in this transportation bond bill. It's an 18 billion dollar bill. Um, one of the highlights is 20 million dollars for the Complete Streets Program, which is something that's going to be exciting here in Medford, um, but we also have to take a look at some other transportation needs that we have here in the community, and one of those would be sound barrier walls. So that would be the next step. If the state delegation reports back that no, there is no uh, bonded funding that exists right now in any of these type of bills, then we could ask them to file an amendment to the existing transportation bond bill that's currently being legislated.
0: Thank you, Council Knight. Uh, name and address for the record, please.
16: Um, Eudora Knight, ninety-one Fountain Street. Um, I just want to uh, mention, first of all, thanks for everybody um, raised up their concernness. And then um, I wanted to add it. For first of all, uh, to answer Mark's Council Mark's question, um, if I if my memory was correct, the um, on the side north north side. <laughs> Um, that uh, in, on the DOT website, the site that has not built sound wall was listed as to be studied or under study. Um, Without being said, that was after the other side already built the sound barrier. So my guess is um, that if you look the whole to be studied list, it's a very long list.
15: And Number thirty-two on the list, and uh, I think the one of the most recent updates to the list was uh, the. The southbound side uh, sound wall.
16: Yeah. So, so the um, the 32 number, in my um, humble observation, most likely for the list that's being added later. If it's being escalated with all the concern, like with people's needs or with the new data, um, then it will be pushed before 32. And then for this side, as our side will never like put together, then it will be always on 32 or even push further back. Um, so I think um, it's, if we have a discussion with DOT, it's definitely be one of the to-be-studied area, but the question is, when did they do the last study and what they have done for the study? Did they calculated the population back that time and found there are not many people? or they didn't hear many voices of the pe- resident that felt there was a need on that. Uh, That's many other sorts of the same. So another thing I wanted to mention um, on the ni- uh, night, um, I agree with you, the, um, I know that per square feet um, for the sunbury, it's very expensive and based on this year's dollar amount. But the thing about the other side of the sun wall it's being built not just for the residents side, it actually extended all the way back. And that's one of the question, if the sound barrier was so expensive, not even now, back in 10 years ago, um, nine years ago, why they would spend those actual money for the sound, way, sound wall go all the way back, that's not even have a resident living there, are they just a poor managed the project, or are they just a, willing to even waste those sound wall which is very expensive rather than build on the other side of the highway. Thank you.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Council Knight.
10: um, Just to clarify, I I wasn't um, trying to say that the project is cost prohibitive or not beneficial. What I was trying to say was that the project is going to be uh, Expensive and something that we don't have the financial flexibility to fund ourselves mm-hmm. as an individual community, so we will have to rely on the help of our partners yeah. in government. But, thank
0: okay, thank you. Um, we have a number of residents I think that would like to speak on this issue, so if you could please come forward and state your name and address for the record, please. Sure.
17: <clears throat> Dave Sensabar, 40 Fountain Street. Medford and uh, I'm one of the older residents they were talking about (laughs) Uh, I think uh, I'm probably third in line now the way I figure it but I've lived there uh, all but a couple of my uh, 62 years so uh, I watched it being built in uh, as a four-year-old and I can remember bits and pieces of it but I I would like to thank my some of my newest neighbors because uh, usually I'm at home in the comfort of my couch watching the City Council and this issue is so important to get me here because um, my granddaughter lives across the street. I'm here for her and uh, one coming. So I want, I want the sound to go away. We do have the planes and the motorcycles and everything you were talking about. And you know, my wife and I are sitting on the deck. She says, you know, we've got to get out of here. And I go, what? we have got to get out? And I know, she realized I'm teasing her. But you, it's, it is amazing um, how much noise there is. So, um, and the other thing is, uh, you know, a few months ago, you were talking about the trash back there. And I think that wall might help keep some of the trash in as well. You know, it's just, uh, it's, it's pretty ugly. So I wanted, I walked up tonight with our newest neighbor and it's something we all have in common. it's the interest of, uh, you know, protecting our children and our future children. And it's just, uh, you know, something that uh, I think is very, very important. So just wanted to pledge my full support. Again, thank you and thank our neighbors for uh, getting this going. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Mr. S- Mr. a really quick. Uh, the uh, clerk just needs your address. Oh,
17: 40 Fountain Street. 40 Fountain.
0: Yeah. Yes, Councilor Marks.
12: He just brought up a very valid subject. It was several months ago, uh, Dave approached me regarding the trash. I, th- I think both of us put yes. it on. Uh, 93 uh, in between uh, his backyard, not just his, but the stretch the of street. Trash. And we asked the DOT go out and clean up that area. Uh, has there been any cleaning at all? No. Nothing no. at all? No. So uh, if we could follow up on that, Mr. President, mm-hmm. uh, regarding that council resolution, Mr. Clerk, I think it was uh, three or four months back uh, regarding DOT and cleaning the stretch of fountain along the highway.
17: But I did have a fence put up, so I don't have to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is really pretty nasty.
12: So We're going to follow up on that. that thank th- you. Th- thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: Name and address of the record.
12: Andrew
18: Paul Castanetti, 23 Cushion Street. I live due east, two blocks away in East Medford. And I consider that East Medford on 93 and this side is West Medford in my opinion. Um, first of all, I, if I may, I would highly commend Councilor Scott Pelley for bringing this problem forward and requesting a solution. Thank you. Thank you very much. I remember quite clearly when this was brought forth by Representative Donato, and at that time, I remember also saying, and I coined a phrase, and to me it's geographical discrimination. You're going to give it to one side. Why not give it to the other side of the family? It's like having two children. I understand it costs money. However, if you can't give it to both children, I wouldn't give. I wouldn't do just one only, which is what they did. And we are suffering on the east side, not just with the noise from the highway, but also the plane pollution and congestion of overdevelopment in our neck of the woods. So with that being said, I also have a simple sound barrier invention which may cost, I'm guesstimating, $1 million per linear mile versus the $4 million plus that I'm hearing here tonight. I hope it gets done real quick, and please, we are suffering on the east side. Thank you
0: for listening. Thank you. If could please have your name and address for the record.
19: Yeah, it's Eric Weir and 33 Fountain Street, Medford. Um, so as Dave said, we are the newest residents Welcome. of- Thank you. Um, and it's a fantastic city, and we love our neighbors, and we love the community. Um, and we're coming over from Somerville uh, and Davis Square, which it's beautiful, it's amazing. Coming to Medford has been far better and it's been incredible to meet the neighbors, to uh, be around when we bought the house and when we went through, um, we commented to our realtor that uh, the noise might be a lot. And uh, he said, it's, it's sort of like living on the ocean, right? It ebbs and flows a little bit. <laughs> Um, And, you know, that sort of soothed us, it was okay. Um, But sleeping at night with the windows open, um, it's really a very different experience when you have a car, a truck downshifting, or a car riding by and doing some sort of drag racing. Um, That's, it makes me worried to have children in the area. Um, I've read all of the studies about sound, about ambient noise, and it's one of those things that, it has concerned me more and more, uh, growing up, and hopefully, hopefully growing my family in this area. So, I wanted to throw my support, and, and thanks so much to Alex for getting this together because I I wouldn't have known what to do. But coming here and, and talking to you all has been it's been great. Thank you. Great.
0: Thank you. And thank you for coming down, Alex. Thank you for coming down as well, and uh, Dave Sancpar as well. Thank you. Name and address
5: for the record, please. I, I did a job with Councilor Mox and he helped me out a few years ago. Uh, I lived right up but the rotary, right behind the 93. And I was having a problem with a bunch of trees, and they took the trees down, and we found out it was a state property. And finally, three years ago, make a long story short, that was three years ago. I, we finally got the trees this year. So I know it takes time. I was talking to um, Representative Donato at the time. I talked to some people from the DOD, and they're saying we shouldn't live like this, blah, blah, blah. That was fine. Um, I just want to make sure that it does get done. At that time, it was supposedly on the list. Um, but now, thanks to Alex, maybe this will heighten everybody's awareness and we'll do a little more. Because, I mean, it's not just the noise. Um, it's the grit. I mean, I had brand new windows put in the back of my house and the front of my house at the exact same time. And now, you go to clean the window, you don't clean it. It's almost like it gets sandblasted. You go out to walk, you know, wipe the, you know, your, your furniture off before you eat outside. You go back the next morning, and it's more grit. And you, you know that uh, when I bought the house, I knew 93 was right there. I'm a lifelong resident, so I know it was right there. Um, but at that time, there wasn't as many cars, so you don't have as, as much traffic, you don't have as much grit being brought up. Now it's traffic all the time. And I think things are gonna get worse I think we'd better if we did have a wall maybe like Dave was saying to contain some of the dirt because it does get dirty I mean we find everything back there. Uh, right now I'm, I'm fortunate they planted the trees it looks really nice right now so I thank you for that. Uh, that's all I got
0: to say. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Councilor Caviello.
5: Thank you Mr. President.
3: Uh, Mr. President I, I received the message from Representative Donato who was at home watching the meeting and he's <laughs> he is aware of the. He is aware of the problem, and he says um, he's been working on it for the last th- three to four years with the DOT, and uh, he said he will be on the phone with the DOT tomorrow to see where the city of Medford uh, stands on the list of uh, walls. So he just wanted me to pass that word on to you.
0: So working on it already. Good. Um, thank you, Councillor Caviello. Councillor Scarpelli
8: If I could amend uh, amend this resolution, to to If we can ask the uh, DPW director to maybe reach out to either the Middlesex sheriffs or ROCA, uh, there's other organizations that may be asking them to come in to help rectify the issue with the the, uh, cleanliness of that area. I think that it's right up their alley what they do. I know waiting for the DOT to do that right now might be daunting, but maybe that could be another avenue we could uh, investigate uh, moving forward to get at least that issue of cleanliness to that area, I know that with the resolutions you put forward, maybe we can um, we can request that too, Mr. President. So thank you.
0: Thank you, Councilor Scarpa. Okay, we'll take the B paper. Uh, we'll take the B paper first. The B paper was offered by Councilor Knight. Uh, do you want to read back the B paper? It's been a while. <laughs>
1: Council Knight's B paper uh, requests that the state delegation uh, report back to the council on whether the transportation bond bill contains money for uh, 93 noise barriers uh, so that they can be funded passed. and passed. Yeah, so pass.
0: yeah. On that mo- on that B paper, offered by Council Knight, seconded by? Second. council It's We just want to make sure we're talking better
12: noise barriers, right? Yeah. It's not just noise barriers. Okay?
1: It's, it's, it's better. So I apologize. It's
0: a bit On that B paper offered by Council Knight, seconded by Council Scarpelli. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? The motion passes. On the main resolution offered by Council Scarpelli. Um, to, to move this to uh, subcommittee, invite all state represent all of our state delegation to that meeting, along with Mass DOT. Um, and you amended it to uh, have the DPW uh, Look to see if they could do something about the cleanliness in this area as well. Okay. On that motion offered by okay. Council, Council Scarpelli, seconded.
1: Council Marks okay. also Council Marks also had an amendment.
0: It was the same cleanup issue with DOT. Okay. That was Yes. Okay. 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 So okay. is amended by Councilor Scarpelli's resolution uh, is amended by Councilor Scarpelli and amended further by Councilor Marx and seconded by Vice President Lungo Kern. On that motion, all those in favor? All those opposed? The motion passes. Thank you for coming down tonight with regard to the issue. We appreciate everyone participating and coming down and uh, speaking up, so thank you. On the motion of Councilor uh, Carviello that we revert to the regular order of business, seconded by Councilor Del Russo. All those in favor? All those opposed? 19 467, notice of a public hearing. City of Medford, City Clerk's Office, September 10, 2019. The Medford City Council will conduct a public hearing on September 10, 2019 at 7 p.m. in the Howard F. Alden Memorial Auditorium on the second floor of Medford City Hall at 85 85, George P Hassett Drive, Medford, Massachusetts, relative to a petition by the Medford City Council to implement the 12-month moratorium on the reversal of the signed denial applications by the Medford City Council. Copy of the full text of the proposed moratorium can be viewed in the office of the City Clerk, Room 103, Medford City Hall. Please call the the Medford City Clerk's Office at 781-393-2425 for any accommodations uh, in AIDS, aids. By order of the Memphis City Council, uh, Adam L. Herdeby, city clerk. Uh, At this point of the the hearing, I declare the public hearing open and open to anyone in favor of the petition, please step forward. Anyone want to speak in favor of the petition? Hearing and seeing none, this portion of the hearing is closed. I now invite anyone to come forward to speak uh, against uh, the petition or in opposition of the petition anyone in opposition hearing and seeing none i declare this portion of the hearing closed at this point i can uh call upon the uh chairperson of um zoning and may i mention as well with regard to this um item this is also on the cd board's agenda for tomorrow night so uh you might want to uh as we did with the first one Continue it to a date certain, and we can keep the hearing open, which would be September 24th if someone wants to make that motion.
12: So
0: On that motion by Council Del Russo, seconded by uh, Council Knight, all those in favor, all those opposed, the motion, uh, the hearing has been continued and is still open. Motions, orders, and resolutions 19 515 offered by Council Knight, be it resolved that the city solicitor provide the council with a draft ordinance establishing a $15 uh, minimum wage for all city and school department employees. Councilor Knight. Uh,
10: Mr. President, thank you very much. Uh, Anybody that uh, is involved in the labor movement and workers' rights movement um, is well aware of the fight for 15, uh, the fight for a $15 minimum wage across the United States of America, especially here in uh, Massachusetts. And um, I think that uh, the city is in a unique opportunity and a unique position right now. Uh, When we look at the cost of living here in the city of Medford and the increases that we've seen in home values, um, we're also seeing an increase in the burdens that are placed on people. Your water bill doesn't go down. Your electric bill doesn't go down. Your cell phone bill doesn't go down. Your car insurance bill doesn't go down. Um, But wages below $15 usually remain stagnant. Um, So with that being said, Mr. President, this is uh, the beginning of a conversation as to whether or not it would make sense for the city of Medford to adopt a $15 minimum wage for all city and school department employees. Now I've always been a firm believer uh, in paying a living wage to employees and providing them with benefits so that we can attract and retain the best possible employees that we can. Um, And I think this is a good spot to start the discussion. So I'm asking my council colleagues to support me in uh, sending this paper to the city solicitor to begin a discussion as a launching pad uh, to establish a $15 minimum wage for all city and school department employees. Uh, If we look at the salary scales for the majority of the city and school department employees here in the community, uh, we'll see that most of them make over $15 an hour as is. Um, I think that the people that this will really affect are um, people like school crossing uh, guards, lifeguards, parks police, uh, jobs like that, Mr. President. So with that being said, I'd uh, ask that my council colleagues uh, support the measure and give the city solicitor a chance to take a bite at the apple and come up with a draft ordinance for us to further discuss, debate, and deliberate.
0: Thank you, Council Knight. Vice President Longo-Kern.
9: Uh, thank you, uh, President Falco. I, I like the idea and definitely definitely think this is um, worth a discussion. And I'd also just like to also request a list of anyone who makes under $15 an hour, just so we can have an idea how many jobs is this going to affect, who is making under 15 and why, and decide um, accordingly. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Vice President Longo-Kern. On the motion of Council tonight, Seconded by Consul Scott Pelley as amended by Vice President Lungo Kern. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed, the motion passes. 19-516 offered by Consul Knight. Whereas a nip or miniature is defined as a small bottle or of a spirit, liquor, or other alcoholic beverage, typically containing 50 ml mls uh, intended to comp- comprise an individual serving and whereas discarded nip bottles prove to be a blight to our downtown business districts. Other areas of our community impose certain public health and safety concerns. Be it resolved that the Memphis City Council request the licensing commission examine the feasibility of the following. Number one, implementation of a no-NIP condition on the transfer of licenses for the sale of alcoholic beverages not to be drunk on premises. Uh, Number two, implementation of a no-NIP condition on the issuance of licenses for the sale of alcoholic beverages not to be drunk on premises. uh, premises. Number three, increasing the renewal fees of licenses for the sale of alcoholic beverages not to be drunk on premises uh, for establishments engaged in the sale of NIPS and report back to the Council its findings. Councilor Knight. Uh,
10: Mr. President, thank you very much. This is a measure that I'm bringing forward to address certain concerns in the community relative to trash, public consumption of alcohol, minors' access to alcohol, uh, the ability to access a small single serving of alcohol, uh, and an establishment being being able to drink it before you get back to your car, Mr. President. Um, So with that being said, um, we've seen other communities, uh, surrounding communities address issues relative to the sale of nips or miniatures. Uh, The City of Boston has done such uh, in a very similar fashion to this proposed ordinance. Ultimately, the city of Revere, I'm sorry, the city of Chelsea entered into a blanket ban on the sale of Nips, and um, that blanket ban has not held up the test in uh, litigation. Uh, Right now, that matter is under appeals, it's before appeals court. So, the city of Chelsea banned Nip, the sale of Nips citywide. um, Various liquor distributors and providers, um, store owners had sued the city. Um, And they're going through the process right now of appeals. So that's why this isn't a blanket ban, Mr. President. But what this is is uh, an approach that we can take to curtail the sale of nips in our community and to um, move forward towards an abolition thereof. Um, The Alcoholic Beverage Control Commission in recent years uh, has made a decision that says that you are allowed to restrict the sale of nips through this fashion. Um, I believe it's ABCC versus Rodriguez. Um, And that case was uh, decided by the ABCC and upheld on appeal. Um, So with that being said, Mr. President, I'm asking that uh, we send this to the liquor board. Uh, We ask them to provide us with their opinion and findings on the feasibility as to whether or not this is something that we can implement here in Medford. Uh, I think it's a step in the right direction to uh, eliminate the sale or make the sale of uh, single serving small bottles of alcohol uh, less accessible to minors in the community. And it will also address a large problem that we're seeing with trash and blight in the community, Mr. President. I don't think that there's uh, a backyard along Fountain Street or Sydney Street. If you went into right now, you wouldn't be able to find this kind of nip bottles in. Um, so, with that being said, Mr. President, I'd ask my council colleagues to support this measure and uh, send the paper to the licensing board for uh, further opinion and feasibility study.
0: Thank you, Council Knight. council Delarosa.
4: I understand the uh, the uh, disposal of these bottle uh, bottles, most of them plastic nowadays, which is uh, another issue uh, entirely. Uh, who would even drink? liquor out of a plastic bottle, I don't know. But um, uh, the problem is uh, not just the trash, because we have a bigger problem with uh, Dunkin' Donuts trash and Burger King trash around here, because I sweep it up, all of it every day, and the scratch tickets. So maybe we should get after the Lottery Commission on that and make them do something about it. But the problem is that we have, uh, I think before we start talking about this, maybe we should be talking a little more about substance abuse and uh, people's attitudes towards it in the community. Uh, Everybody's horrified at the uh, opiate epidemic uh, that's claimed the lives of all too many uh, in our midst, and it's a horrible thing, and I wouldn't want to make light of it at all. But um, alcohol does a job on families, people's health. uh, uh, It uh, uh, debilitates young people from achieving uh, in the best way that they can, leads to all uh, manners of mayhem and trouble for people, uh, let alone uh, those who are driving uh, a drunk and those who just need uh, a drink to get through the day. is not always a, a good commentary on our, uh, on our society. And the rise among the young uh, at great percents uh, because they enjoy craft beer or is it the alcohol content that they're after? So, you know, these things should be uh, uh, examined and talked about in what this community wants to do with this, uh, this substance use or abuse. Furthermore, Mr. President, a couple of years ago, the people of Medford, and I forget what the percentage is, uh, maybe a, a counselor can tell me, was it uh, f- nearly 60% voted in favor of legalization of marijuana in the city for recreational use? More. All right everybody thinks it's okay to get high in this community uh, and before you know it uh, our streets will be uh, littered with the uh, stubs of the uh, marijuana cigarettes and maybe the plastic bottles of all those ointments and uh, uh, things that they use uh, uh, vis-a-vis that um, I'm not necessarily against this uh, uh, exploring this ordinance, but I'm, all, I'm not all thru- thrilled about doing it either, and uh, I don't think it deals with uh, the problems that uh, are uh, related to this sufficiently enough. And uh, I wonder if it's uh, worthwhile to have a more uh, suitable conversation around the broader topic. Mr. Thank President.
0: Thank you, Council Della Rousseau. Vice President Longo-Carn.
9: Um thank you President Falco. I just am, look forward to seeing what the licensing commission um, what the discussion and uh, what the response to their discussion will be. Um I think that's important to, to, as a first step. We also want our chamber of commerce to be aware that we're looking into the, to this. I uh, I think for me one of the main complaints I think especially since Chelsea enacted their ordinance a, a couple years ago now is how much it would do for the city with regards to cleanliness and trash. If you go to the Mystic River cl- cleanup or Medford Square cleanup, what are the bags filled with? Nips all over the place par- in the parking lots, in our in our right near our waters, um, near you know people's businesses. Um, everywhere you go, there there are little nip bottles. So I, I mean, I think the trash issue is is a big one. It's one that many people bring to my attention and ask me about. So it would be interesting to see what the liquor commission um, will come down with and give it, give us
6: an advi- as advice as such. Thank you. Thank you. Please
0: have your name and
6: address for the record. Certainly. Jean Nuzzo, 35 Paris Street. Thank you, Councillor, for bringing up this really important issue. Um, The article that was presented by the Boston Globe on this issue in Chelsea was very informative. They had some key information. They said prior to enacting the ban, they had 700 rides by ambulance or firefighter per year. And once the ban was enacted, it dropped by 66%. So that's a huge taxing on infrastructure, especially if you don't have a hospital. And I thought I'd mention that point because you may want to get some of that information for our city as well, they said it was seven times the amount of heroin incidences in their city. So I commend you for bringing it up. Uh, Council of De La Russo, thank you for that poignant statement about the impact of alcoholism on families. I think it's a silent issue for many families. Um, it's an important issue that we need to look at beyond even just how messy it looks and how inconvenient it is. So you may want to get that info as well. Thank you.
0: Name and address for the record, please.
2: Hi, um, my name is Jeff Fine, and I'm here on behalf of Atlas Liquors uh, in Medford. And I just wanted to point out that the consumption of small-sized bottles such as NIPS um, is often used as a tool to regulate consumption. So when you're talking about the damage that alcohol can do to families, a lot of people who are struggling with alcohol addiction are using these miniatures to regulate their consumption. In addition to that, people also use them for cooking or for sampling different products that they may not have. And I've also been um, looking, because I knew this was coming up, as I, as I walk around the streets of Medford, I look at the, the type of trash that I see, and I am not finding all these nips. I do see some. I see more cigarette butts. I see more um, uh, Dunkin' Donuts containers, straws, lids, water bottles. Has there been any studies in Medford on what composes
0: our trash? Uh, I don't have any. Offhand, I would imagine, uh, um, Penny Fioli. She might have some, some but I, I, I do not, I do not have that, I, I don't have that, uh, I do not have that in front of me tonight, so. So Point of information Point of information, Council Knight.
10: Um, could you tell us how many units of NIP bottles in a year that Atlas sells in this community?
2: Not off the top of my head. Yeah.
10: Can you tell us how many units of NIP bottles Atlas purchases in this community per year?
2: I, I no, I'm not. A, I'm, I, I don't. I, I can get it for you if you'd like. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so it is be... a significant, well, not a significant part of our business, but we do we do sell a lot of NIPs, and most of them find a proper trash receptacle. Um, if if.
10: Is that receptacle sometimes the front seat of somebody's car empty? Uh,
2: <laughs> I, I can't speak to, to, to that. I, I don't know. I, I'm not in my parking lot looking mm-hmm. at, at when people drink it. Um, I have no reason to assume that they are.
10: And I, Listen, I, I frequented your business on a number of occasions, and you guys are responsible operators. There's no question we, about we that. We try to be. You're yeah. responsible operators. There's no question about that.
2: Yeah. Um, we, 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 do, we do try to, to have a very social conscience.
10: Yeah. the renovations look great. Excuse me. The renovations look good.
0: Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Okay, on the motion of Council tonight, seconded by. Seconded by Consul Scarpelli. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed, the motion passes. 19-550 offered by Vice President Lungo Kern. Be it resolved that the council be provided uh, the, the list of all catch basins that need to be repaired throughout the city. Vice President Longo Kern. Okay.
9: Thank you, President Falco. Got a few more people that emailed me today. Let's think, um, on this. As you walk around the city and as you talk talk to people and see what the frustrations are, I think catch basins, um, not only manholes but also the grates on the side of the road leading into the gutter, um, a lot are, are falling in um, to dangerous levels with broken street on street, you know, almost coming going on onto the side. Then you have the catch basins that. Are, Dipping in in the middle of the street so when a truck drives over them, you know, it creates this loud noise Again, while people are trying to sleep, it's, it's disruptive and I know our DPW is out repairing Catch basins, but we just have so many so I wanted to see I know 44 Palmer Street and a num- another a number of others also um, Are on a list so I wanted to just see if we can number one get a copy of the list um, of all catch basins and that need to be repaired and see if they're prioritized. I think that's extremely important for somebody to know. I reported this three years ago on C click fix and I it still hasn't been responded to. Well how many do we have out there? How many are being done per year? And how many do we you know how many do we need to get to? Because it's it's an important it's a safety issue. When you, it comes to some of them, some of them that I've seen, and some of the complaints that I've received over the last several weeks and months, um, so that that's the gist of it. Sorry. One second.
0: That. Okay, that's
9: good.
7: Thank you, no Vice problem. President Longo.
0: Current name and address for the record, please.
7: Aaron Benedetto, twenty-one Dearborn Street. Um, a few years ago, I sent some pictures to most of the council of. Sores and catch basins in the hillside area that were deteriorating and falling in and were trip and hazards for people getting in and out of their cars. And this committee was, um, was very receptive. The council really sent people out and fixed them. But it's, it's in our area of the city, it's blatant almost on every street. And it's not even just the sewers close to that drain. It's the middle of the street. And what the DPW has done in the past, in my experience, is come out and patch around the, the sewer covers so that you don't hear the big bum bum bump. And then a year or two later, that wears down. Um, so with the large storm that we just received a few weeks ago, the end of Dearborn Street flooded. That street has flooded um, up. Two property owners top, first steps for about 30 years. Um, they've come down, they've pumped the sewers, they've looked at it, but it needs extensive um, repair and um, it just seems to get worse. At one point, um, my friend's children took out their canoe many years ago and canoed up and down because af- after every storm and it would have fun playing in the water. It hasn't been rectified it needs to be rectified not only in that part of the city but other parts of the city that flood during those torrential rainstorms Um, I know we have a surplus in our sewer and water and I would love to see some of that money used to fix some of these issues Um, so that's my only comment thank you thank you Uh, through the chair
9: Oh, is anybody? Through the chair, yes. I think th- what happened the, l- last week with the flooding, uh, many streets were flooded up to almost the sidewalk. I know Sheridan Ave, um, a couple in South Medford. I've, I saw that more than ever over the last um, couple weeks, got the m- more complaints than ever. So that, that's a whole other issue that needs to be addressed too. Drainage, and I think that's the proper place to get the money. So hopefully we can. Figure out a priority list with regards to catch basins and uh, manhole covers that are caving in on t- tonight. And also, yeah, we need to figure out the drainage issue. So uh, thank you for bringing that forward, Aaron.
0: Thank you, Vice President Lungo. Current Council,
9: Marks. Uh, uh,
12: thank, thank you, Mr. President. Um, I, I believe we have over 2,000 catch basins in this community. And uh, we clean them once a year. If you notice, the catch basin will have. A certain color depending on the year and that way we know they're getting cleaned uh it's very important that we maintain the catch basins because as was mentioned if they do start to clog up it's going to create flooding in many areas um, and it'll create a real concern uh, in our neighborhood it also is a a, a resting place for um, uh, all sorts of mosquitoes and so forth if it's not properly draining so we have to make sure we stay on that Uh, It was probably within the last six months, uh, I requested that we get a thorough report on the number of catch basins that need repair and uh, not only what needs repair, but the level of repair. So it's my understanding that you may see a catch basin that's sunk in a little bit and all it requires is the top uh, layer of brick, Uh, because if you look at them, it almost looks like a little igloo that's uh, inverted underneath uh, the, the street and it's built up with cement and brick and so forth. And uh, many of the catch basins now we're seeing uh, require a lot more work than just some small brickwork on the top. It requires a whole replacement. And you'll notice the catch basin when it really starts to sink in, uh, those that uh, require um, uh, tens of thousands of dollars worth of work. So I ask that we uh, be able to put a level Level one, level two, level three on the catch basins. So we not only know how many need repair, but the level and the type of repair that's required. As was mentioned by uh, Aaron Benedetto, we have, I believe it's about six or seven million dollars right now in surplus water and sewer account, and the enterprise account. And that money can be used to offset rates, can only be used for two purposes, or infrastructure improvements. So I think we need you know, the old saying, out of sight, out of mind. We need to attend to uh, these issues before they get much larger. Another issue, Mr. President, that I've been talking about regarding catch basins since I've been on the council, and we've made some headway, but not a lot, is we have catch basins that are still illegally connected to the sewer system. And as I mentioned, every time it rains, you have groundwater that should be going into catch basins, and going out to the Mystic River and so forth, that groundwater is going into our water and sewer system. It's going out to Deer Island and it's being treated as raw sewage at a great expense to the taxpayers of this community, at a great expense, millions of dollars. (laughs) And uh, the city has isolated where these catch basins are. They've done the smoke test where you drop a smoke bomb and they can see where the smoke comes out. If it comes out the manhole cover, there's a connection. So we have really done some work in finding where these illegal catch basins are. There's many of them up the heights. Uh, for some reason, back some years ago, when building was going on, uh, there wasn't a lot of oversight and many developers took the liberty of connecting right to the sewer system. But it, it's something that we really have to look at. If we have the money, Mr. President, we need to address these issues regarding I inflow and infiltration, and leak detection, and all these important issues that I've been talking about for years, Mr. President. And catch basins uh, is one. So I want to thank my colleague for putting this on. And I look forward to getting a list that we can move forward on to address the concerns of these catch basins around the community.
0: Thank Second. you, you Councilor so Marks. On the motion of Vice President Lungo kernan seconded by Councilor Della Russo as amended by Councilor Marks. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed, the motion passes. 19-551, offered by Vice President Longo-Kern, be it resolved that the stop painted on Murray Hill Road near the stop sign be repainted in the interest of public safety, Vice President longo Um Thank you, President
9: Falco. I know a number of us counselors worked to help the Murray Hill Fell Zab um, s- speeding and traffic issues last year. And, a year or two ago the word stop was painted, which which did help. It's now worn away and needs to be repainted, so just request in the interest of public safety that that be repainted. I know a lot of work as of recent um, traffic calming and speeding calming has been going on in North Medford and the Heights, which is, which is great. Um, long, long overdue, but it's finally happening. I know we've been requesting it for four years, so Thank goodness it's finally happening, but Murray Hill Road is seeing still seeing a lot of speeding and traffic, so if we could get that repainted, I'd appreciate it. I'd also like to amend the resolution and add the stop, STOP, be repainted at Walsh and Andrews Street and Brackett and Gaston Street. That was submitted by um, a couple residents to see click fix, which I'm being told March 2018 and has yet to be repainted. So. Um, I think we, obviously this is an important issue, also c Cliff Fix is (coughs) an important issue to (coughs) discuss at some point too.
0: On the motion of Vice President Longo Current, seconded by Councilor Del Russo. Councilor Knight. Uh,
10: Mr. President, thank you very much. Um, When we're talking about Murray Hill Road and Grover Road and that area, um, in our packets this evening I think uh, we got a letter addressed uh, to yours truly, uh, well to you actually, not yours truly me, but to you, um, from Melrose Wakefield Hospital. Um, and I think that uh, this is great news for the region and for the area that uh, Hallmark Health has, and I quote, I'm writing to let you know that we concluded our relationship with the Fellsmere Housing Group and will no longer be pursuing their proposal for this site. As we have seen and heard neighbors' concerns around density and traffic. We're evaluating options for future use of the site, and we will re-engage with the community and initiate dialogue as we move forward. So uh, the bottom line is, Mr. President, that the housing project that was uh, proposed for the old Malden Hospital site has been scrapped. Uh, Melrose-Wakefield has eliminated their relationship. Uh, with the developer and are going to seek an alternative plan which Correct. will uh, give much relief I believe to the neighbors in that area who Absolutely. already see a very, very, very high volume of vehicular traffic and cut-through traffic in the region. So um, with that being said, Mr. President, I thank the Council for bringing the measure forward and I'm um, glad to see that we're seeing some
0: positive movement up there. Without a doubt. That's good, definitely good news. Thank you, Council Knight. No. On the motion of Vice President Longo-Kern as amended by Vice President Longo-Kern and seconded by Councilor Scarpelli, all those in affi- I'm sorry, Councilor Del Russo, all those in favor. Aye. All those opposed, the motion passes. 19-552, be offered by Vice President Longo-Kern, be it resolved that the traffic commission evaluate Murray Hill Road where it meets Fell's Ave to discuss putting a three-way stop sign at the location in the interest of public safety, Vice President Longo-Kern self-explanatory, if we could just send this to
9: the Traffic Commission. I know they're, I'm being told they're, they've gained more traffic from um, the measures that have been in, put in place, so if we could send this to the Traffic Commission, it's another speed-calming, traffic-calming ap- ap- approach that could hopefully help this, this neighborhood that so desperately needs it. Something, w- thank goodness, um, very positive news with regards to the Malden Hospital. It's something I know that the Friends of the Felsmere Heights has worked on for a number of years, and it's, it's good to see that hopefully the right development um, will go in that area with le- less traffic um, and something positive for the two neighborhoods, Medford and Malden, um, but the traffic and the speeding is still an issue on M- Murray Hill Road, so I think a three-way stop at this intersection would go a huge way, so I move approval on the, on the motion.
0: Thank you, Vice President Longo-Kern. On the motion of Vice President Lungo kern seconded by Council of De La Russo. All those in favor? All those opposed, the motion passes. 1-9-553, offered by Vice President Longo-Kern, be it resolved that the Traffic Commission look into adding a green arrow on Boston for the, for, on Boston Ave for those taking a left onto Winthrop Street in the interest of public safety. Vice President Longo-Kern. Um,
9: thank you, President Falco. Another self um, exploit easy-to-understand resolution, so I won't um, belabor the point. I think it's in the interest of public safety, if there was a green arrow to take a left, it would be a much safer intersection. I know we talked about um, there's a number of intersections that are dangerous. A couple months ago, we talked about Lawrence Road and Governor's Ave. This is another one where you see a lot of traffic, um, and that suggestion was made to me by a resident, and I think it's a, a good one and um, move approval. On <laughs> well,
0: the motion of Vice President, um, Councilor
4: Yes, I would hope that it would be an improvement. Um, I think part of the problem there is that a lot of traffic comes off the Parkway, goes down Boston Ave, takes a left on Winthrop because the people who use the Parkway, Route 16, to head east are uh, finding it uh, that their patience is tried to it takes them so long to make it from that intersection at Boston Avenue and Route 16 to make it all the way to where they're going on Route 16 or onto 93 and they might find it tedious and so that they uh, get uh, onto Boston Avenue and then go take a left on Winthrop which ties things up there and then they go down Winthrop to try to take a ride onto South Street so they can scat right across to get back onto Route 16 or onto (laughs) 93. So they don't have to sit on the Parkway and wait for those light cycles at Winthrop Street or wait for people to cross the street at the pedestrian safety crossing signal there uh, that comes off of South Street up that muddy path. and it's just like so many other places dealing with Route 16, it's a problem. Uh, we've seen the resumption of the hideous practice, Mr. President, of people getting off of 93 onto Route 16 west, coming down, taking the ramp that brings you down to Main Street, which is why I wanted it closed permanently, and they go straight across so they don't have to wait to take the overfly. 16, and they cut straight across through two lanes of traffic. I was uh, seated in a local restaurant that's adjacent to there, having a delightful meal I might add, and I witnessed this happen time and time again, Mr. President. But I will second the Councilors, the Vice President's uh, motion.
0: Thank you, Councilor Delaruso, On the motion of Vice President Lungo-Kern, seconded by Councilor Delaruso, All those in favor? All those opposed, the motion passes. 19-555, offered by Councilor Scott Pelley, be it resolved that the City Council congratulate and invite our Challenger District, District 12 baseball team that represented our community in Williamsport this past month. Councilor Scott Pelley.
8: Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I know that I can't believe this was overlooked by our uh, community. I, I wish, first I'd like to apologize to uh, Ron Jovino, who runs the Method Invitational. Tournament and challenge baseball game every August, and it's such a great event for our challenge uh, challenger boys and girls who participate in such a great event. Um, back uh, during the Little League World Series, our District 12 Challenger All-Stars hopped on a coach bus and were escorted out of the onto the highway by local police and. Wishing them well off to represent uh, our area in the Williamsport uh, baseball tournament out in Williamsport, and uh, they were uh, they did a they did a great job. They really enjoyed themselves. Some people that uh, don't understand what Ron Javino does on a yearly basis to make this event happen to so many special boys and girls, I think is something that we should applaud more often. Um, What I'd like to do, uh, I'd like to amend the motion that we invite our Method Invitational um, Challenger District 12 representatives to Williamsport to one of our upcoming meetings and present them with a citation so they understand that we are very proud of their accomplishments. Um, I know I talked to one parent that was a little disappointed that the fanfare really came from the Malden side and we had a lot of representatives from the Method side and um, I shared our, our disappointment that we truly didn't know um, the event was happening and maybe that's our fault, but I think that we should celebrate such a wonderful event and accomplishment by such great uh, young men and women. So um, uh, I make a motion that we uh, ask their invite them to our Absolutely. next meeting. Thank you. Second.
0: On the motion of cons- Council Scarpelli, seconded by Council Knight. Councilor
3: Thank you, Mr. President. I want to thank Councilor Scott Pauly for putting this on. This has been a, been a group I've long been involved with uh, for many years. Um, Ron, Ron and his team do an outstanding job of wor- working with these uh, these young men uh, and kids that uh, have uh, disabilities and um, having someone in my family that has it and has participated with, with Ron and his group uh, many times. Um, I. Uh, I'll be happy to have him here and, and, and give, the, give everybody a, a citation, because as I, uh, just to see these, these kids and how they're out there and the work they do and the time Ron and this group uh, puts in there is uh, is, is the, they're, they're to be commended for. So, and again, I, I want to thank Councilor Scott for everything that's been forward and, um, and look forward to seeing him here in the near future.
0: Thank you, Councilor Caviello. Vice President Longo-Kern.
9: Thank you, um, President Falco. I want to thank Councillor Scott Pelley for bringing this forward. I too didn't know about the game until after the fact when you saw all the great pitches on social media and I have a neighbor and who was involved in that and also my sister teaches a number of these kids and they do such a great job when we go watch them in Malden um, and just really want to extend my congratulations and can't wait for them to come to a meeting so we can give accommodations, hopefully you can do that for December 14th
0: before I'm gone. Thank you, Thank you Vice President Longo-Kern. Name and address for the record, please.
7: Mm-hmm. Benedetto, 21 Dearborn Street, Medford. Um, I was available in August, as was Counselor Caviello, to go to Challenger Day and watch the <laughs> kids participate in games there. Um, it is correct, Malden does have a bigger presence. They had the firefighters there and touch a truck. They also had seemed like more community members, and um, I want to thank Councilor Scappelli for bringing this forward and acknowledging where we were um, this year and how we can improve next year. I also did see um, method teachers, um, both. Um, Participate at that event and out on the fields with the kids. It was a lot of fun. I was there for three or four hours and just watching and talking to our Method families who expressed the same concern like um, maybe more of our Method students could be participating in this as well as Special Olympic projects in the future. So I'd like to see that happen. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Uh, and Councilor Scrapelli, if I may, thank you for uh, bringing this forward tonight um, and uh, we will try to get them onto uh, the agenda as soon as possible, uh, so, uh, so hopefully we can get them down here right away. Councilor Knight? Uh,
10: I'd also just like to request that the Falaska family be invited as well um, to attend. Uh, we all know that um, the Falaska family has been instrumental in raising funds um for the challenger program through the batter up for billy fundraiser that they have every year uh, hundreds and hundreds of people are in attendance uh, i think it would be a nice gesture to uh, be sure that we invite the Falascas here as well so that they can uh, enjoy some of uh, the fruits of their labor
0: absolutely and thank you once again to ron giovino for all his hard work as well on the motion of council scarpelli seconded by uh council de la russo all those in favor all those opposed as amended, as amended by council knight all those in favor All those opposed, the motion passes. (laughs) Uh, On the the motion of Council Knight to suspend the rules, all those in favor? All those opposed, the rules are suspended. Council Knight.
3: It's
10: hiding in the back row. I just saw him when I went out to use the men's room, and uh, it looks like uh, we have a paper here for an appropriation uh, relative to some solar-powered pedestrian crossing signs and solar-powered... Stop signs with flashing LED borders at certain locations in the community that are bef- that's before us this evening.
0: 19 560, September 10, 2019, to the Honorable President and Mr. members President, of the Memphis City Council.
10: Motion to waive the reading and have a rep- uh, representative from the administration provide a brief presentation on the proposal before us.
0: On the motion of Council tonight to waive uh, the reading for a brief uh, synopsis from a uh, member of the administration. All those in favor? All those opposed? The motion passes. Please have your name and
11: address for the record in a brief synopsis. Hi, Todd Blake, city traffic engineer, 36 Willowdale Road, Topsfield, Mass. Um, So yeah, this this, uh, request is to transfer funds from the fees that the city collects from Uber and Lyft and rideshare folks, the 10-cent fees, Uh, it's upwards of $122,000 this year. Over to a fund that we use to uh, purchase and install uh, safety and transportation improvement equipment. We, uh, similar to last year's request, uh, last year it was about ninety-five thousand dollars. This year is one twenty-two. So, you know, keep those rides going, <laughs> increase that fee so we could buy some more improvements. But um, so the list in front of you, um, there are three different types at various locations. Um, the types are similar to what we proposed last year. You've seen hopefully you've seen them up uh, around the city so I think they're going well we haven't heard many complaints about them we've had some thank-yous um, and you know just as last year we we take uh, great care and effort to pick the, these locations and fairly distribute them throughout the city so that you know we're spending these funds across the board and you know we know that there are so many intersections and streets that you know, people want these improvements, and we try our best to spread them out and and you know go by need base, also by area base, so that it's it's hitting every neighborhood of the city. So hopefully, we're doing a good job with that.
0: Thank you. Council Delaruso.
4: Move approval, Mr. President.
0: Thank you, Council. On the motion, Council Second. Russo, seconded by Council Knight. Council. Consul- yep, yep, yep. One minute. Council Caviello.
3: Thank you, Mr. President. Lot, well, I, you know, this is great that we get all this money from the ride share services. Todd, is, um, as a traffic engineer, I mean, we've gone up almost a half a million cars from last year to this year uh, that are on our streets now via the, these ride share services. What impact do you, do you feel this is having a, a large impact on the traffic in the city? 1.2 million cars in the, uh, uh, that, that were on our roads this year?
11: Yeah, it's kind of one of those double-edged swords where, you know. It could have that impact, but it could also have a positive impact. Potentially, you know, any rideshare, either Uber, Lyft, Zipcar type service, because then if if someone's uh, considering owning a, a car, in a single, and driving single, single occupant vehicle trips all the time, you know, this could be a better option, and it's it could be a cheaper option for some folks that can't afford cars. So it's you know it's a valuable service in that way, but I could see the impacts of the- Well, the city, city, city of
3: Boston and, me and Cambridge have both acknowledged uh, that they feel this is a, a large part of their traffic congestion in, in their mm-hmm. city, so um, I'm just curious what, what, you know, your opinion on what it's having because if, if 1.2 million people took a rideshare service out, you would say that half of them came back to met via a rideshare service, so you're looking at probably 2 million cars that- traverse our extra cars that that, that come on our roads now.
11: Well, that's a valid point. Um, You know, I'm not necessarily supporting or advocating or or against them. I'm just saying that there could be pros and cons to things like that because, um, you know, it could be a shift from someone who owned a car before to using the service. So it may be balanced out more than what people perceive it to be. But, you know, I'm not here to advocate for it. I'm just here to, since it does exist, we collect the fee, and we're trying to, you know, improve
3: other that's that's yeah. That's yeah. A, uh, um, the, the fee is greatly appreciated, mm-hmm. but just, you know, just you know, the but the added, tra- you know, uh, traffic on our roads be- because of this is, is a concern of mine.
12: Okay.
0: Thank you, Councilor Caviello. Councilor Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr.
12: President. Uh, Todd, how, how did we arrive at these locations?
11: Great question. Um, so. I did take Councilor Knight's recommendation this year, this time around, versus last year. So city clerk's office graciously provided me three years' worth of city council papers, and I also looked at six months' worth of this year, so three and a half years' worth. So that definitely was a contributing factor to the, to the list that was chosen. And um, you know, I know that there are over 700 streets in the city, 725 plus, and so intersection-wise there are thousands. So you know, I'm sure we could all we all know a resident that would like improvements at the intersection closest to their house. So there's many competing interests, but I believe that this list is is a good list. There was a draft list done first, a a, a much larger list of say 45 locations, and then you know because we have the amount of money that we have available, it has to be whittled down, uh, refined to a point where we could, you know, uh, keep the list at a manageable amount that, you know, we could. you know, to match the funding that we have this year. And this year's list combined with last year's list, now that's upwards of 50 locations. And if if we map them, actually engineering is working on a map so that this could be shown visually because it's kind of hard to indicate in a list like this. But we hope to have a map that's available at some point that we could post so that people could see how far widespread and how equally distributed is throughout the city last year's and this year's and overlap them and you could see how much we're actually doing so you know i know at times when we're doing all this stuff as city staff and in all these improvements at times it, it's you know it's it would be great if we could communicate it better to the residents what we actually are doing and, and, and the improvements that are going on so we really feel good about this list it, it was an engineering effort uh, combined with some other uh, departments inputs and in, um you know, again, the council paper were a major part of it, so over the three and a half years of
12: council so, papers. So, so, uh, so, have you been out to each individual site? Yes. You have? Yeah. Okay. And wh- what is the next step? Uh, I know you're asking for us to allocate some funding, approve funding. Yeah. Ha- have these signs been approved by the Traffic Commission? No. Um,
11: so basically, I think we touched upon this last year. Um, these improvements are more enhancements to existing regulation. So if there's already a crosswalk there, and there may already there may already be a crosswalk, but no sign or a or sign without the flashing element to it. So this is just an enhancement of existing regulation, and the Traffic Commission usually deals with changes to regulation. So if a crosswalk didn't exist at all as a brand new one, they would hear it. But if it's one that we just have to maintain, repaint, re-sign every year, that's usually something that doesn't go before them. So. Um, This list doesn't necessarily go before the Traffic Commission, no.
12: So so none of these locations, whether it's it's the bollards um, or the solar signs? Elements
11: to some may go so that, yeah, the list that has the flexible delineated bollards. um, So for instance, at Hyatt Boston and Sagamon Grove, those would be used to try to calm traffic in the way of making it appear more of a small intersection versus the large intersection that it is. So it, in that particular location, high at Boston, it wouldn't change any regulation. Every stop sign that's already there would be stop. <clears throat> every, every approach that doesn't have a stop would not have a stop. It's just meant to tighten the intersection, give the appearance of more narrow lanes and, and tighter curves right, right. to slow people down. But, but,
12: but th- that is not an existing there's, there's nothing existing there. This is a complete new addition, correct? So Hyatt Boston Ave. So Boston Ave. currently has stop. Uh, Sagamore and
11: Grove have stop, and high doesn't. So the, none of that will change. This would basically flexible delinear posts are just an added vertical treatment. So instead of if we paint a line on the ground, <coughs> offset the inside lane and paint it, offset it by 11 feet to provide a narrow lane because there's no markings that indicate the lane width right now. And then if you further highlight that with a vertical element, such as a plastic post, much like this, it sticks up. If it, it's either yellow or white, it matches the, the paint on the ground and has a reflectorized element to it. So it's just trying to get, define the intersection more to get it tighter so right. that people slow down. So it's not actually changing Right, But
8: I,
12: I I would think that would I, I'm just trying to define what the lines are mm-hmm. Because it's yeah. always been in my opinion anything you do to the roadway And I appreciate the fact that you're saying if it's an existing SOP sign and you're updating with a solar yeah. It wouldn't require a review of the traffic commission and, and I can see that um, But any changes to roadways um, That are new I, I would say require approval from the traffic commission And that's the way I've always understood it if it's something different I'd like to know because when residents approach me for different traffic calming approaches, uh, I always refer them to the Traffic Commission. And and if I can cut that step out, to be quite frank, and and move issues forward much quicker, uh, I I prefer to do that. And it it seems like you're saying that maybe it can be done without approval of the Traffic Commission certain things.
11: So Alva is the Secretary for the traffic commission so you know any request should go through that office but basically the to be as general as possible you know the line I believe is if the regulation is changing or not so because there are many things that city staff DPW if if um, painted lines haven't been repainted or if signs you know it's not required to have a stop sign or stop line but you know if you Basically, those are elements that we have in a purview of maintenance that that get...
12: Right. Get, no, I, I, I believe understand. the line
11: is between regulation versus uh, maintenance or enhancement. So it's, it's a, I understand what you're
12: saying. Sometimes it gets a little confusing. Uh, I, I just want to make sure we're not putting the cat before the horse if mm. we're approving funding without actually getting approval first. So if you're saying it doesn't require approval, then I have no problem with uh, this. Uh, the, the other question I had was... Um, I, I did receive a few complaints from, uh, flashing lights from some of the existing new solar, uh, lights that were put out. Um, have you taken into consideration the placement of these when you put it next to a home, um, or yeah. how it's positioned, uh, because,
11: well, you know. We're cognizant of that and aware of it and want to be, um, you know, fair about that sort of thing. And I think you brought it up last year, too. and. Um, you know, So far, I haven't received any direct complaints, but I, I'm not saying you didn't. Um, if there is an issue, let us know. If there's any resident watching, let us know. And if, if we could angle it in such a way that it's not doing that and it still still serves the purpose, that would be great. If it's more than that, we could you know, potentially revisit it and see what else we can do about it. But I, you know, so far, I've seen, uh, I haven't had a specific complaint like that yet, I, although I know that it was a concern in the past. And, right. You know,
12: is there any way of like they do with traffic lights? Is there any way of getting it so you can focus the light to a particular? You know, almost having shades. The, these particular these particular
11: flashing border signs, no. Um, but but it, if you've driven by any of them lately, it depends on the time of day and the and how far away you are on the angle of the roadway, how how you can see them, and um, you know they're definitely. But to answer your question more directly, no, there are no visors for this particular, for each individual LED, no. That's
12: not. And, and, and I, I can just tell you just, just one thing while I have you here. When uh, you're crossing over here, uh, across from Tony Lucci, the sport, I call Tony Lucci's pure hockey, I believe it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pedestrians get a red light, so they think they can cross. Yeah. But car's coming up, taking a right to go to Salem Street, mm-hmm. have a green arrow, yeah. and it's a very unsafe situation. Um, and I'm not sure uh, what needs to be done with the signalization there. And right on this other side is City Hall. Mm-hmm. When you cross over to go into the parking lot, yeah. you have the blinking light now, which mm-hmm. is fine, but when they're coming around the bend, and, and this has happened to me several times, they're coming at such a rate of speed that even though I'm in the crosswalk and it's flashing and it's doing its job, they're not slowing down at all because I think of uh, the blind curve that mm-hmm. exists. Do you know where I'm talking? About? Yeah. So it's, so we it's a look dangerous,
11: at, a real dangerous situation. We could, I'm glad you pointed those two out. Uh, we could look at, you know, whether speeding is occurring there, speed enforcement, or if it's just a sightline issue. Maybe trim those. I think hedges, it's the sightline. Trim those here. hedges that are on inside curve, potentially. Right. Um, and then out here, I would say for City Hall Mall at Salem Street, I would recommend people press the button because if you press the button and wait for the signal phase that actually stops everybody, including that right arrow. Oh, it but does, okay. It, but I know what you mean. When, if people don't press the button, they just go by the red light. you've got a red light, straight right. And left, yeah. but yeah. The, they don't realize the green arrow is still going, so yeah. I, yeah. But I would recommend press the button. There is a phase where it stops everyone, including that, red, that yeah. right turn.
12: I, I thought cars were just coming after me because they know who I was, and they were trying to <laughs> p- pick me <laughs> off, but I, I don't think that's the case. I just think it's a tough area. Thank you very much. No
0: Thank you, problem.
4: Councilor Delarusso. Mr. President, I think this is a wonderful measure and I can move approval. <coughs> wonderful improvements to our community. Move Thank the you, question. Thank you,
0: Councilor If I may ask a quick question. Um, so, that 1.2 million rides, what's the time frame for that? How's that measured? Is that from like January 1st or is that?
11: I don't know to be honest, but I would assume it's the fiscal year if that's okay. tied to this fee. July
0: to June. Oh, okay, July to June. Perfect.
11: Calendar, yeah, do, you know the, um,
0: do you know the timing of the implementation as far as when we, sh- we, when we would start to see these uh, signs? Yes.
11: Yeah, so um, I don't have any firm timelines, but if it's approved, uh, usually what we'd do is, depending on how, much, how many of each type, we'd, we'd put that out for a quote from Thank you. a firm to, to get quotes back to okay. three firms. we go to three quotes if it's under a certain value. And then we'd uh, s- select that type of equipment, place an order. And most of this stuff we'll do internally. Uh, Joe Palladino, DPW, has done a great job installing most of this stuff internally. There are a few that might be external, but um, you know, the ones that are installed by others would also involve a
0: quote for services. Thank you. Council uh, Knight.
10: Mr. President, I'd just like to offer a B paper to go to the administration uh, requesting that they examine the uh, potential Ability to create a signs and striping a standalone sign signage and striping department. Mr. President I think that um, as we see some of the papers that come before this council the amount of uh, need to replace update signage and striping on our streets I think that a standalone department might be very beneficial to this community at this point in time uh, to address some of these issues I know it was a matter that we had brought up in the past and I'd like to reignite that
12: conversation
0: Thank You council Knight Councilor Marx.
12: Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Just, just while we have the city engineer here, <laughs> it's uh, very helpful. I just want to clarify city traffic engineer. Tra- traffic engineer. See, I don't want to slight like Tim. Did I give you a promotion t- or t- t- demotion?
11: <laughs> <laughs> people get us confused, Tim and Todd, all the time.
12: Right. Uh, if you could, 9th Street, next to Cappy's.
11: Yep.
12: When they did the bridge over, they dedicated a lane to go onto Brainerd Ave. Yeah. yeah, I didn't like that. Which, which now, Uh, Filters a lot of traffic which you couldn't filter that way before was resident Mm -hmm. only and now a lot of traffic is going down 9th Street uh, At a high rate of speed. There's no dividing line. It's a Mm two-way and the condo associations uh, Because I happen to live around the corner have been ringing my phone off the hook because Mm -hmm. They're real concerned about the amount of traffic and I don't know if you've received any complaints over there but it really is. Yeah, I
11: owe them a call, and, a, and a, 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 you know, I I do want to talk to them about it because I have some ideas. Hopefully, it could help. I, and I also want to look into the history and you know find out directly from them in terms of what they had before, what they actually wanted. If the state did what they wanted, if the state just did what they did. Because the way I see, even before I received that, um, there are issues with. There's a whole lane from that point towards Cappies. That's unusable almost in the in the peak hour when you need it most, right, right, right. so so you 're coming over the bridge from from the exit to Riverside Drive, right. and then that lane is supposedly only for something when you know so people divert around the island and co- cut back over so that so it's like you know and that's during the peak hours it's restricted, so you're in the in the time when sixteen is heaviest you 're going from four lanes to three essentially right. <laughs> so I, so I, the bigger problem, I think, it, in not knowing what the community wants, is the island shouldn't be there at all, so you could continue, come over the bridge and continue straight in that lane towards Cappies.
12: Right. You, you think the state would have talked to our engineers before it was set up that way. But if yeah. you... Be I think
11: it was prior, the design was prior to when I arrived, but hopefully I would have, you know, had some insights to recommend against it. But it was right. part of the Woods Memorial Bridge Project, I think. And a lot of people, residents, sometimes I help explain the difference between the projects, so... That was the state project was more a bridge project in the river that ended pretty much right at that line. And then all the other work that was more recent was from that point into Wellington Circle related to the casino. But they kind of merged right in that, that vicinity. So a lot of people get confused okay. which project if was. you,
12: I, I know you said you were going to get back to some residents over there. Mm. But um, I put a resolution on several weeks back regarding 9th Street and the striping of 9th Street. Mm. And just so you know, I got a response from DPW stating that uh, it was owned by the condo association, which I never knew um, So we, yeah, so if you enter- could if you could check into that. I'm not sure you know, that, that's the response. I received why the city couldn't stripe it um, Yeah, I'll but, check into that too.
11: I, I know that neighborhood is bordered, obviously by two state roads So it's kind of like, you know, we we do our best communicating. I did speak to a resident that lives in that area about the crosswalk the Pedestrian crossing sign opposite 9th Street next to the pink house That was missing. So I contacted the state forum. I explained it. It's not our street You know, it's in Medford, but it's not our street that we control but I have contacts there I'll let them know and then he also asked about restrictions and parking there, too Okay,
12: I I think that that section where you have Middlesex Ave, which is a state road you have the Fellsway You know, it seems like there's not much attention paid to all those streets and even the list I, I just looked through, I, I don't see one of these signs being placed in the Wellington area at all. So I, I know you said you try to spread so them around,
11: but... We do try to spread them around, and, you know, this year, my rough calculation was and I apologize, I don't want to offend anyone in terms no, no, of the, no, naab- no. the I, neighborhoods I pick. but if we just... I just want to make Northern sure every area is getting attended yeah. Yeah. to. No, I understand, it, and we it, want it. to do that. So there's about five in East, seven West, four Central, five North, six South, so... In terms of just, you know, directional, right? It, you know, it's pretty spread out. But yeah, last year Wellington neighborhood got one. This year, it's it didn't get
12: one. But but East Medford got several. Yeah, right. So but I'm talking about the Wellington neighborhood. neighborhood. You know. So, but I, I appreciate. It. Thanks very much.
0: Thank you, Councilor Marks. On the B paper, offered by Councilor Knight to uh, look into the feasibility of a standalone striping and sign department. Seconded by Councilor Carviello, All those in favor? Others opposed, the motion passes. <laughs> On the motion of uh, Councilor Delarusso, seconded by Councilor Caviello, to approve the main paper. Clerk Herdebees, please call the roll. Yes, seven in the affirmative, zero in the negative. The motion passes. Thank you. Thank you. Communications from the mayor, 19-558, September 4th, 2019. To President John Falco and honorable members of the Medford City Council, from Mayor Stephanie M. Burke. Regarding amendment to change chapter 10 of the revised ordinances of this Yes, on the motion of Council Marks, to waive the reading for a brief synopsis from a member of the administration. All those in favor, all those opposed, if you could please have your name and address for the record and a brief synopsis.
6: Thank you.
14: Good evening, Alicia Hunt, 41 Wasson Street. I'm the Director of Energy and Environment for the City of Medford. Um, So this proposal is to amend the city's ordinances in the building Um, building regulations to essentially require large developments to um, have 50% of their roof area include solar. Um, This proposal was brought to the mayor by the office, uh, sorry, the, sorry, uh, the Energy and Environment Committee recommended this to the mayor last spring as some activist groups also started Um, asking for this based on the ordinance that was uh, passed in Watertown a year ago. Um, I actually do have with me um, the resident from Watertown who is very involved in developing it in case she can answer questions that um, are of the details that may be more detailed than I have. This um, proposal um, defines solar energy as either the electric solar electric, as you may be familiar with it, or solar thermal. It defines the difference between ground-mounted and roof-mounted, and then it talks about the um, putting this on developments that are 10 or more units for residential, or that are construction of more than 10,000 square feet um, of gross floor space. It's perhaps useful to know that the current building code actually requires that all large de- all developments now are solar ready. So, the current building code is requiring the structural infrastructure to support this in terms of the um, uh, structural load capacity and to assess, to include all the chases and the electrical that would be necessary to hold solar. So, this is not adding to the structural costs of the building, simply requiring that they add the solar on the top. Um, the proposal is that they would have to provide a proposal for the solar during the site plan review process, and then as part of the building permit application, they'd have to actually provide for us the plans for including solar. If solar is not feasible on a building, say they didn't cut down all the trees on the property, and the property is shaded, they would not have to, and they should not then cut down the trees. If they removed all the trees and there's no shading over their building, then they would be required to include the solar. Um, If it's a building that would be small next to a taller building that shades it and and it's not feasible to put solar in there, it would not be required to do it. Um, There are a few other details in here as well. Um, We also, as this was proposed by the Energy and Environment Committee to the city, Um, A representative of the Energy and Environment Committee is also here um, to speak as to why they recommended it to the mayor, and this version was drafted by our city solicitor. Thank you.
0: Vice President Longo-Kirk.
9: Thank you, President Falco, and thank you, uh, Ms. Hunt, for being here. Um, This is something that I was in talks uh, with the activist group, too, and I, I think it's an a great idea, um, something that's, it's good to know that our building department um, requires the structure to be ready for this. Um, I proposed this on paper 19-497 back on June 16th, and we did, um, I think the council was in agreement that we definitely want to move forward with this, meet with our solicitor in a committee meeting. I think we said early fall to try to get it at least to a first reading, which we're on a good timeline here. I know that the ordinance I read, too, was from Watertown. They seem to make an amendment to the zoning, their zoning, where we might be making it to the building. Do you know the pros and cons to both? I know, I don't think our solicitor's here tonight, but the pros and cons to both. I know
14: that he recommended to us that it would fit in the building section, that it would be overseen by the building department, and then the, the final piece actually would be signed off by, by my office. Um, I already have to sign all building permits <coughs> for new construction, so that's not actually an addition, it's just what I look for when I sign building permits for new construction, I'm part of that process. Um, but he did not tell me why he thought it was more appropriate in the building section than the zoning section. I know he discussed it with Lauren DiLorenzo, our Community Development Director, while I was on vacation over the summer, and then uh, we met as well with um, the members of the Energy and Environment Committee, Um, and then he presented this. I assume that between him and Lauren, where it belongs in our code is one of the reasons why we asked him to look at it. And then
9: f- uh, we do have a representative from Watertown. Maybe they can explain why it's in there's a zoning amendment
0: versus a building amendment. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, actually. Could we, we can up, we please, I'm sorry, can we please have your name and address for the record, please?
20: Yeah, thank you. Jocelyn Taker, and I live at 103 Robbins Road in Great. Watertown. Uh, actually, it is our building department that manages this. So it comes up as a building per- when a building is permitted. Um, I believe that it started, at the reason it, it came through zoning is because we had a new parcel of land called the ARMUD. It's the 22 acre parcel of land over an arsenal. And they were looking for permits and at the time they needed a rezoning. So this first came up three years, well, three years before it was um, um, signed into an ordinance uh, as part <laughs> of that zoning project. And so it carried that name all the way through. Um, but it really is uh, overseen by the building department Okay, so it was a change in your
9: zoning ordinances, but overseen by the building department, department Okay, yeah. so that's it is it when
20: somebody when a when a building we actually uh, have had a building now uh, Since this was uh, passed into law. We've had our first building come forward to be permitted and it came through the building department um, and it's the building uh, department that gives the permits and oversees it.
9: And, and you've obviously read Medford's proposal. Is, is there any differences in the what Watertown does besides where it's held in the ordinances? Anything else that is
20: different? No. I okay. mean, when I looked at it, I thought, oh, it's the same. I mean, there might be when you looked at you looked at ours, right? Mm-hmm. Did you see anything different? Nothing, nothing specific. 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 Except yeah, yours says, yours says Medford, and ours says Watertown. But other than that, it looked very similar. And our town lawyer besides the
9: zoning language,
20: right? But <laughs> our town lawyer uh, okay it spent a lot of time with it, and okayed it and gave it uh, approval. Okay, and our town council unanimously passed it. And then um,
9: was there ever any discussion on including major renovations that might need
20: a building permit? I, I believe, yes, I do It's not belie- in ours, but I Yes, it is. It's repurposed, it says here. Mm, um, I thought building containing 10,000 feet.
9: No, I don't see repurposed in section 10-106 requirements, A, B, and C. But that's, that's just where I, I was looking for. Um,
20: if a building is. Um, If a building is coming forward and it has 10,000 feet and it's needing a permit to do um, whatever whatever it's asking the building permit for, yes, it gets reviewed. Because all of our buildings up until now have had solar assessments. And what we've found is that no developer, every developer did a solar assessment. They even came to my presentations, I sometimes run, Uh, small solar uh, programs for municipalities. And um, they've come to the presentations because they're interested in getting their building permitted. But the minute the building was permitted, with just the solar assessment, they never put up solar. And we came to understand, Watertown came to understand that it had to be law to have them do this. And so... um, So were you looking for
9: Renovations major renovations that need a building permit to be included
14: So Here but it is. I, yeah. okay. Go I ahead say um, where you were reading in 10-106 the section C Projects which involve a change in practical use of an existing building Containing 10,000 square feet or more of floor area That's that language.
9: Yeah, but that's a change in use what if it's the same use but a but a renovation project
14: I mean Right, so you,
9: yeah, I, I think that should be included.
14: Oh, okay. Um, Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. Um, the one.
9: This is why we usually hash it out in committee, which is what we set up a committee for. Um. I think I was going to requ- request it be the twenty fourth, but now that it's here before us, I know there's a lot of people here, um. And we don't have our city solicitor, but so so that that's one question I did have about the ordinance, um. But that that language is not included.
20: Well. Um, I don't believe it's in ours either, and it's up to the building committee. I mean, the building committee just requires it. So, um, I,
14: if yeah. I might, um, I learned through talking with jo- Jocelyn, they term their building department building committee. So when she refers oh, to the building the committee, committee yep. the equivalent in Medford is building department.
20: Just uh, right. It's probably building department in ours too, but they're the ones who have the discretion and they're the ones that require it. I would just like to add
9: that language, if we could. Um, And then, was there ever any discussion lowering the 10,000 square foot? Another question I would have had in committee, lowering that square
20: footage to anything less than that? There was no public discussion, but there was certainly private discussion. And I uh, truly believe that this was decided because Watertown what what of your one the one
9: project you were Implementing at the time no,
20: I think it was decided because it was pretty clear to the um, Counselors to everybody that that uh, They wanted this ordinance to pass and and if it were um, included small buildings or small residents that because it, it includes residents that are 10 units or more if it included single-family uh, buildings or if it included small businesses that there would be the kind of pushback that the city did not want at this point
14: so I also um would the reason that the number 10,000 square feet is used in Medford is because that is the size that triggers site plan review so while this is not a zoning ordinance, we already defined major projects using that number's 10,000 square feet, and it seemed reasonable to us to continue with that same number because it's already a dividing number that's used by the building department for all different sorts of things that they look at, and so that number made sense to stay with in this situation as well. Um, Site plan review is new construction of 10,000 square feet or more of floor area um, or the addition of 10,000 square feet and projects which involve a change in principal use of an existing building containing 10,000 square feet or more. So the sticking in line with what's already triggering site plan review made logical sense so we weren't confusing things in the whole process. We do like to keep our regulations, Consistent throughout the the city.
20: Um, I, I wanted to. I just wanted to add uh, one thing that um, we have gotten no pushback on this. Um, it's been incredibly well received by the residents and and developers in Watertown. And as I said, um, we have our first building that came forward to be permitted under this. Uh, new ordinance, solar ordinance, and it was plastered with um, awesome. solar uh, panels, and also had EV charging stations. And the only um, the only objection that the neighbors had is the how the how people how the cars would enter the parking, you know, because it had a parking lot, and their neighbors didn't like the traffic flow for the parking lot, but. Everybody else is thrilled about this. So residents are thrilled. Um, developers seem fine. The, it, uh, our elected officials are incredibly uh, proud of it. And, um, and we have buildings coming forward being built uh, under this ordinance. Um, so I wanted to say that. And I also wanted to say that when our energy manager stood up to talk about this Um, to town council, uh, I quote something. He said, we're a town of 34,000, you're 57,000. So the figures won't exactly apply, but it gives you some idea. He said, for every 1% of renewable energy, that every 1% of renewable energy offsets 1 million miles of tailpipe emissions driven by the average car. Okay, so as Alicia said, most of the cost for these arrays go into the structure of the building. The buildings are already acquired by the BBRS starting in January of 2018 to be solar ready. Okay, this is the only, the only uh, part of a building that pays back. It pays back multiple times what the cost of the array is. And I was just privy to one um, a proposal in Watertown for a different uh, business, and that business owner, by putting up the array, will make millions of dollars over the twenty years because we did that analysis
0: for them. Thank you. You're welcome, so, uh, Vice President Longo sir, so Do you have? Uh, would you like to clarify some of the language that you wanted to change? Um, you know? Sure. Yeah. Just in either. Section
9: 10-106C or added or added D, um, the projects which involve a renovation of an existing building containing 10,000 square feet or more, of floor area, also be added to this. I think it's important that before the third reading, too, if we could amend this, that we do have a Committee of the Home meeting with... The updated language to discuss that because.
5: Okay, one minute.
9: It depends on whether the council wants to meet in committee before we vote on it. I mean, I, I just have changes. I have questions with regards to whether or not other cities and towns have ever lowered that 10,000 square foot um, regulation, too. I know it, that's what triggers site plan review in Medford, but can, can we require other developments to put solar on? Would be a question I ha- would have for the solicitor to see if he's reviewed anybody anybody else's ordinances besides Watertown. I, we, I, I believe I
0: Watertown. believe Watertown might be the only one. Watertown is the
20: first in New England. And oh, great. It's the first in Massachusetts. Excuse me. It's okay. the first in Massachusetts. It's the first in all of New England, and it's one of three east of California. S- still to date, even though you did it three years ago. Great. okay so should you do this if you join an elite
0: um, <laughs> I knew I like this so we have a point of information from council and, I, uh-huh. council and I mr
10: president I do have concern about existing buildings that are conducting renovation and the reason I raised the issue is because the state building code now requires new developments to meet the retrofitting requirements but if a building was built prior to these retrofitting requirements being enacted, then the cost associated with the renovation, I don't know what impact that could have. Um, From some of the literature I've read and the conversations I've had with individuals over this, it could be a weight-bearing load of six pounds per square foot, I believe, was um, what they said would be uh, required or necessary in order to um, build solar on a roof like this. Um, But I'm no engineer by any means, as you can tell. (laughs) But so,
15: so
14: my disclaimer is: I am not either. I am a planner. Um, the actual Section Ten One Hundred Eight exemptions uh, um, includes um, a project will not be required to install a solar energy system on the roof where there is no solar ready zone, or the solar ready zone is shaded more than that's the shading part, mm-hmm. or for building conversions with insufficient structural load capacity. So that this would not require the additional structural lo- structural improvements because of this ordinance. If other part of the building code did require that structural, then that wouldn't kick in here. So would, this would not be triggering them to add that structural load capacity simply to meet this need. They would be exempt.
9: But if they did it through the chair, or point of take information, it, it run with it. Point, point of information, if there was... Uh, Renovation where they were doing a new roof. We want to make sure that's included in this
14: so right So there's the roof. There's also the structural supports to the roof And so if the if the renovation included the building Needing to be brought up to a structural load capacity where it could hold solar and that was already required And now it met This then it would be required then I think you need to add renovation but then the Sorry, it says the I think the contractor
9: would be protected by um, 108 on right. top of I, that.
14: it's it was my understanding that the term building conversions Was talking about the renovations option that, that you're discussing. I, I Personally like things spelled out very clearly. I'm not clear that that I was told that that's what that was referring to yeah because conversions. I'd be more than happy to include conversions or renovations in that language to be more clear
9: yes because conversions is 10 106 section a where i'm think when you're changing an existing building you maybe probably want to put renovations in 10 106 section c so yeah i think it needs to we need to define that in one of those in, in c
10: Okay. how do we how do we define renovation is renovation
9: not define it I think we need to add it to sections A or C
10: right but then when does a renovation when does it become applicable if we don't know what a renovation is going to be deemed or defined as I mean you know we need to define renovation then if someone says I want to you know replace the half of the roof of the building is that a renovation or is that maintenance and upgrade you know what I mean Yes. Uh, I mean, I can live with the language as is, but if we're going to start peeling off different layers of the onion and start adding to it and raising more and more questions, then I think that this needs to go through the proper um, vetting
0: process, Mr. President. Thank you, Council. night. Uh, Vice President longo Kern, you originally had the floor. Uh, I yield to my colleagues. No, no one else wants to speak right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm well, Council, you're to hit your button. I'm sorry, <laughs> Mr. It's all right. It seems quite
4: apparent, Mr. President, that while uh, we've just had an ordinance presented to us and it's on the floor here, a draft, we're already trying to edit it. Um, uh, An official or a semi-official or an activist from another community is here instructing us, as well as a department (coughs) head whose competency is not the interpretation of laws. is uh, here commenting and admitting to us that she doesn't necessarily see the clarity in the statements of this document. So it's quite apparent to me, Mr. President, that the prudent thing to do would be for us to conclude our discussion on this (coughs) matter because we're just spinning a wheel and send it to committee where we can have the advice of and uh, the, 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 milieu of conversation, debate amongst ourselves, since we have to approve this, and the advice of council, Mr. President, Mm -hmm. and maybe someone whose expertise on uh, the building issues, i.e. the building commissioner. So I make a motion to cease debate on this matter and send it to committee on the motion of council de la russo on ordinances chaired by councillor knight
0: on the motion of council de la russo to move this to a subcommittee on ordinances chaired by councillor knight seconded, seconded by councillor carviello councillor knight
10: uh, mr president i would like to offer a b paper um, and the b paper would be requesting that the building commissioner Provide the council with recommendations on ways that we can encourage and require LED certified building in the community as well. LEED certified building, green building.
0: Thank you, Council Knight. Councilor Marks.
12: Is it also if we could uh, dispose of uh, the paper that was offered that's already before subcommittee? Is there a paper before subcommittee also? I
10: think that's Cole.
12: There's a a paper. Right, right, but I just don't want multiple papers lingering out there. Well, that's that's bring them together. That's, you know, let's do what we have to. But uh, if we're going to discuss it, we have to put everything on the table. And I would also ask, Mr. President, that we do it in a timely fashion so that that, uh, a committee be set up within the next few weeks Mm -hmm. to discuss this issue. Next Tuesday?
0: I believe we can do it. uh, no, we have, t- we have something next Tuesday. We have something next Tuesday in the following two. I'm hoping the end, by the end of September. Within the next within the next couple yeah. of weeks, I think, I think that's maybe the 25th, but I have to check. Sure. Okay. So, do you know what? Do you know the number of the resolution that you want to join us with? Is, that, is if, that, I, if I knew that number, yeah, I <laughs> do. Do I? I don't know the number. Okay. We know we have a number of things here. So, um, thank you, Councilor Marks.
10: So we got a game plan. Vote. Move the question. We're
0: gonna get it. We're gonna get it. Vice President Longo Kern. Well, it's paper
9: 19-497, uh, offered, I think, supported by the whole council, offered by myself, June 16th. Okay. So that's
12: being sent to
0: the- It was already sent. Data. You are correct. Right. Okay. Um, with that being said, before we vote, name and address
5: of the record, please.
21: Barry Ingber, 9 Draper Street. Um, I I do have a presentation to make about why we should do this, but I first want to Respond to some of the questions that have been raised Um, First question on I think has been answered which is why the building department and not the zoning department it among the reason in addition to the answers that have been given when you consider that making the building solar ready is itself a building ordinance it doesn't make sense to make the requirement for solar to be separate from the, making, from the requirement for solar readiness. <laughs> they should be in the same code. Um, regarding the question about lowering the threshold below 10,000 feet, we did have uh, discussions among those of us who were um, putting this ordinance together in consultation with uh, our, our friends in Watertown. Um, uh, uh, about lowering it to 5,000 and um, what we came up with was a big picture argument of we are looking at major development happening in this city. We're not trying to nickel and dime small properties. Um, most of those solar arrays would end up being non-economic and not significant. Whereas we're looking at acres and acres of potential solar farm um, in areas that are being developed. We didn't want to lose sight of the big picture and we didn't want to create unnecessary opposition to the ordinance. And so that is why we deliberately left it at the 10,000 square foot level that that requires major site review. I know that you're interested in hearing what the building commissioner has to say. You should know that the building commissioner was involved in the drafting of this ordinance. Um, did have discussions with Solicitor Romney um, when the ordinance was being um, drafted and uh, was on board with it. Um, I don't know if this is a time for me to read my statement or if you want to proceed with your discussion or ask me any questions.
0: I can read your statement. Huh?
21: Okay. Uh, Well, I was going to start with, I started with something else, but I was going to start by saying good evening, (laughs) Um, Council President Falco and members of the City Council. Um, I'm here tonight uh, speaking on behalf of the Medford Energy and Environment Committee, which first proposed this idea for an ordinance to the mayor and to the City Council um, earlier this year, and uh, we do thank you for considering it. I see at least five practical reasons for adding this requirement to our building codes. Uh, most obvious, of course, is that installing solar roofs on large projects moves us on the path towards non-polluting renewable energy. Moreover, it does it in a way that takes no land, and because it has economies of scale, it's cost effective and doesn't burden current ratepayers. This differentiates it from projects that try to use unused land that could be used in other ways or uh, very small scale projects that are not economic. And uh, and it doesn't place a burden on builders either for reasons that have already been explained to you. Um, Given the pace of new development in Medford, this ordinance can result in a very large amount of solar production. The Mystic Village development alone would hold a minimum three-acre solar farm on its roofs. Second, the development of significant local solar resources creates jobs and strengthens the Massachusetts economy. Right now, almost every dollar that we spend on electricity goes to a utility company that's owned by a foreign company, and that buys its energy resources from other parts of the country and other parts of the world, including Hydro-Quebec and oil from the Middle East and oil from other parts of, of the United States and Canada. Local solar keeps our dollars here. A third practical reason, the addition of significant local solar resources will improve Medford's resiliency in the face of emergencies and power outages by decreasing our dependence on the power grid, especially as batteries become more economic and are added to the mix. Fourth, getting ahead of this problem will avoid making even worse the already enormous job and costs of retrofitting our city's infrastructure as our climate crisis deepens. Like it or not, we will be transitioning away from fossil fuels. no sense to build structures that will last well into the 21st century using 20th century building practices. And finally, while this ordinance does not dictate any particular financing or ownership model for the medium to large scale solar projects that would be built, it does create a platform from which we could later create significant community solar programs to directly benefit Medford's residents. So again, thank you for your time and consideration. Thank you.
0: Name and address for the record,
6: please. Jean 35 Paris Street. I understand that the discussion will be moved to Committee of the Whole, but I wondered if through the chair I might ask a question of our guest from Watertown. Um, there has been some information presented about return on investment that Watertown has calculated will be seen for their community. I wonder if they've done any assessment on the cost per unit that will be added for this, because while I understand that there is some infrastructure to a building, it's not the full value, and so when you put the array, there is the array itself and all of the physical infrastructure that goes with it. So while the building is ready, when you put it, there's a cost. So that cost would translate either to rent or to ownership, and I'm wondering if they just have any idea, because with all the pressure we're seeing in Medford, an upward cost, I just was curious if they had calculated that. Do we know
0: if they have, Alicia, do we know if we have that data? So, I don't know that we absolutely have the data.
6: Can you please speak into the the
0: microphone? Thank you.
20: Okay, I'm not sure that we have the exact data that you're asking for, but what, um, I've been involved with a number of analyses, and every single owner makes money. Yeah. So makes a lot of money over the life of the system, and these systems, uh, most systems are guaranteed um, for 20 to 25 years. They actually last a lot longer, but they make, Thousands
0: to millions of dollars.
6: Through the
0: chair. If if I may. Yep. Um, I'm not talking we,
6: about
0: ROI. No, no. But what I'm what I'm saying is, as far as the back and forth questions piece goes, we should say that for committee of the whole, because. Will,
6: will the guests be
0: invited back to the committee? Well, it, I, I'm just thinking that okay. if, if you can come to the committee of the whole meeting, that'd be great. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I would think that Alicia would hopefully be able to answer those questions as well, maybe. Um, okay, but that, that this the back and forth questions should that should actually. Wait okay, I
20: didn't answer the question, so it's um, I just asked if I answered the question, and I didn't.
0: I'm,
6: I'm sorry. It, That's okay. I can. And ask if I you may, it'll go know. to
0: su- it, and uh, if I may clarify, not committee the whole. It's going to go to the ordinances subcommittee. So, okay, no so I can ask her. It's okay. easier. If it's easier, I'll
6: just ask her to. I thought she may have it. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the of-
0: Name and address yeah. for the record, please. Name yeah. and address for the record. Sure, Nate Merritt,
22: three hundred and seventy-three Riverside Avenue, Medford. Good evening. Um, just a couple of quick questions since I won't be able to make the committee of the whole I actually have school that I have to attend now Um, so thankful for you guys you won't see me as much Uh, (laughs) so would the ordinance apply also to municipal buildings that are going to be constructed in the future I know right now we have a police station that's going up a library that's going up and so I I think that's just one question for you all to ask
14: as long as they meet these requirements over 10,000 square feet. If we were building a tiny building for some reason, I can't imagine um, it wouldn't. Um, There is solar right now um, being purchased for the police station, and it is the first alternate on the library building as well. Um, So it is, in fact, our intention to be putting solar on both of those buildings.
0: Thank you. Point of information, Council Knight.
10: The police building is currently permitted already though, so this ordinance would not apply to the police building, but I understand that it's the practice of the administration to implement solar when able, I guess would be the word. Under
14: under Uh, the current administration, it is our policy anyhow to be as energy efficient to include solar renewable options whenever it is in any way practical. We determined that the ROI for solar ownership on the police building would be less than eight years. Um, so we're including that
6: Okay.
22: and I think the last question I have for you to consider is you have a number of recent right buildings that have been permitted already right the Locust Street project Wegmans right some large areas perhaps there's something maybe that the city can do to help incentivize them to do a retrofit even though it's not required if it is in their best interest financially perhaps there are some incentives that the committee can come up with too thank you
10: Point of I information, I don't, I don't think they'd be required to retrofit because the state building code requires them to make it available and ready to be utilized with solar. The question would be to incentivize them to actually utilize the solar, so but the retrofitting isn't necessary. That's already been done because the, the state building code calls for it, right? So the idea would be to see if we could incentivize them to get off the grid and get onto their own solar.
14: So they don't, the building code requires them to be structurally ready for solar. It does not require them to install any right. solar. Right. Um, what this we, is doing is
10: saying if your building's going right. to be able to do it, then we want you to put the solar on top of it, too. Right. Okay.
14: Um, there are really good state incentives right now for solar. Actually, that state program is working on being extended, um, theoretically, Typically a municipality the incentives they can offer are to speed up the permitting process on a building That is a typical incentive that a municipality has the ability to offer um, around solar Uh, I'm unclear whether that would actually at this point for already constructed buildings They're no longer looking for permits, so we don't have that leverage anymore for them Um, I'm certainly happy to work with any private Uh, developer who wants to add solar we'd be more than happy to take a look and and give them advice on it if it was helpful to them
0: name and address for the record please
18: just a a quick question Andrew Castanetti East method Um, I have a simple pointed question if anyone's still awake to watch this if we can get an example of what 10,000 square feet is, if a house is 10, 20 squares for roofing, I presume that would be 2,000 square feet. Maybe someone can enlighten me for the facts. So now information be like Mr. President? five times that Point of area.
0: information, council and I.
10: 10, 10,000 square feet is the minimum lot size to build a three family dwelling in the city of Medford. So 10,000 square feet, the building would have to be the size of the lot to build a three-family in the city of Medford by right. 10,000 square feet is the cutoff to build a three-family home in the city of Medford. So a lot that's large enough to encompass a three-family home would be 10,000 square feet, so that's about the size of the uh, square footage of the roof.
18: Right, but uh, most people would not know what 10,000 square feet looks like. If you can compare it to something that's easier to understand, that would be better. The lot that the three-family house down the street from (laughs) you. (laughs)
10: Right. <laughs> it's I'm built gonna, on <clears> throat> throat> no, the I, lot, so this is the lot. The building that's right. on if it, the lot has to be ten thousand square this,
14: feet. This building uh, is forty thousand, uh, right? This building is forty thousand square three feet, four, and it's three floors. So, um, approximately, a you know, little less than one of the floors of this building. All of our fire depart our fire stations are just under. Well, some, several. They're five, six, and eight thousand square feet. Um, so they're all smaller than that. Um, Our library is currently 30,000 square feet.
23: Thank you.
0: Name and address
14: for the record, please.
23: Yes, hi, sir. Dennis Detling-Kalthofer, 120 North Street, Medford. Um, I just want to say that um, I think this ordinance is real important and that um, it, it's working well for Watertown, and I think it's a great. It would be great if the city could uh, also approve it, and that w- it would be very helpful for not only for. It, it's really a no-brainer. Is what I'm saying that it, all the businesses would would benefit by it, as well as the residents, and it would be a great move forward for uh, renewable energy and that, um, I think it should be, um, approved and not sent to committee. It should be be moved on quickly. Thank you.
0: Thank you. 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 Vice President Longo Kern. Um, Thank you. Uh,
9: My comment was going to be maybe just to send it to committee of the whole instead so that we could review with the building commissioner as in the city solicitor as a council and then hopefully move it out that night for its first reading. I I respect that the vote is being pushed for tonight but at the same time we need to meet and discuss issues that the the committee environment and energy and environment has already discussed. I just have some questions. I want to tighten up the language and move it forward as soon as possible. That would just be my request that it be committee of the whole so we can possibly move it out the night we have the committee of the whole for its first reading okay
0: so we have a number of uh, resolutions here so is that so the first is the uh, council night uh, yes yeah, so who made the r- resolution on the
4: are
0: you okay with it going to committee the whole
2: no, I'm
0: not. okay so, so yeah. but is, he's, he's up first so um you made that motion Uh, but we're going to take the B paper first which is offered by Council Knight
4: I'd be delighted
0: so on the B paper by Council Knight and uh, clerk Herterbees could you please read the the B paper
1: Council Knights B paper is to request that the building Commissioner present the council uh, with recommendations on how uh, on how we can achieve LED certified buildings in the city of Medford Uh,
10: LED.
1: LED. LED
0: On that B, paper offered by Council Knight, seconded by Council Russo, All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? The motion passes. On the motion by Council Russo, to move this to the ordinances subcommittee. Yes. Seconded by Council Caviello. All those in favor?
18: Aye.
10: Mr. President, an comfortable
0: on this Please. Can you? Uh, you please call the roll? What do you
1: think? Councilor yes. Council excuse, Del- excuse me. The
0: reason why I call the roll is yeah. I didn't I didn't get a clear uh, indication, so would mm-hmm. you can please call the roll? So this is to move this to subcommittee. Thank I'm just you. Gonna
1: put the note on the vote on the vote tally. Yep. No. Problem. Councilor Carriola. Yes. Councilor De La Russo? Yes. Councilor Knight? Uh, Mr.
10: President, no, I would like to reflect a comfortable voting on the paper as a wrap this evening.
1: just noting this for the record.
20: Mm-hmm.
1: Vice President Longo Kern? Yes. Councillor Marks. Yes. Councillor Scarpelli. No. President Falco.
0: No. So for four in the affirmative, three in the negative, the committee will be moved, uh, the paper will be moved to the uh, subcommittee on uh, ordinances, which is chaired by Council Knight. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Council Knight, uh, I assume you'll be scheduling that um, soon. Thank you.
9: <laughs> do, you want to I, jo- do you want to join the other paper to it? That's what I haven't yeah, heard of it. Okay. Usually, the latest di- process we the Committee.
0: 19 559, five September 6th, 2019. To President John Falco and members of the Honorable Medford City Council, from Mayor Stephanie M. Burke regarding the licensing of food trucks. Dear President Falco and members of the Method City Council, I respectfully request that city co- the City Council approve the following event to have a food truck. Brooks Fall Fest, October 20th, 2019, Brooks Elementary School, respectfully submitted Mayor Stephanie M. Burke. On the motion of Councilor Russo to approve, seconded by Councilor Carriello, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. All those opposed, the motion is approved. One I dash five six zero to the honorable president and members of the Memphis City Council. Actually, no, we already
21: did that. Yeah. I
11: apologize.
0: do. No. But before we, Mr.
4: President,
0: we have a resident that wants to speak as well. Mr.
4: Yes.
0: Thank you, Councilor De La Russo. Uh, Under petitions, presentations, and similar papers, 19-557 petitioned by Andrew P. Castagnetti, 23 Cushing Street, to check on Medford's Charter Review and other similar matters, hopefully praying to improve our local government and society in 02155. Point Thank you kindly. President. Point of order, Councilor De La Russo. I just
4: take this opportunity to remind you of the eloquent speech I delivered at the beginning of this um, meeting, which has been ignored by many members of the Cavalcade of Candidates.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Consul Della Name and address for the record, please.
18: Ooh,
0: I'm still... is it wrong? Yes, it is, you're on.
18: Andrew P. Castanetti, twenty-three Cushion Street, Method, Massachusetts. Um, what time is the council president?
0: I have about ten uh, it is ten oh six.
18: Thank you. You have ten minutes. September
5: up to ten minutes.
18: Tenth, twenty nineteen. It's ten o six. My good friend Dr. Stareller is not only a patriot. Patriot. He's also a bit of a psychic. He did say I would be the last speaker this evening. I'm here to speak tonight about the Charter Review and similar matters. Good evening, honorable city councilors, and Mayor Burke, if she is listening. I have one of three similar matters this evening. I we are simply asking you, our city councilors, to resubmit the charter review question to the State House via a home rule petition. Even though the State House rejected this your real request in the past, and their special committee basically filed your request in the waste basket. This act seems unfair to me and many others. Also, it was disrespectful to you, the majority of the city councilors, and especially to the people, the 02155 voters. Our city charter business plan has not been reviewed for about 33 years. Therefore, it makes common sense to me and many other voters that we elect a People's Committee to review, discuss, and suggest some possible changes to our existing Plan A government, some possible changes maybe to go back to our old Plan E government or number two and have term limits. Or, and number three, have war representation and other similar matters if need be. In my opinion, if term limits are adopted, this would create a great opportunity to elect new candidates with new ideas to improve our beloved city by the Mystic River. This 2155 could be and should be the best happening place north of Boston. May I finish, Councilor Della Or should Cassini, I
0: start
18: Mr. Cassini, over? Cassini, please, to the chair,
0: to the chair, please.
18: I will repeat it. This 02155 could and should be the best happening place north of Boston, reason being location, location, location. It can't be beat, especially with our Interstate Route 93 highway, only five miles north of Boston, Massachusetts. Our time has come. It is here, and it is now, and long overdue. Let's not miss the boat again. So I, we, repeat, I'm asking you, the honorable seven city councilors and Mayor Burke to send our charter review question back to the Massachusetts State House, hoping and praying for a unanimous approval for duty and humanity for the people we deserve Better government. My question still stands. someone want to make a motion, one of the counselors, to send the charter review through a homework petition back to the State House this evening?
0: Thank you, Mr. Casignetti. I, I
5: um...
18: silence. Any response please?
0: Vice President
9: Kern. Um Thank you, President Falco. I think it's important to, I think this does need to be brought forward, but I think we need to make sure it's a vote that is more than 4-3 so that it could be accepted by the State House, and I think that might be something to work on immediately after the next election. That's just my opinion.
18: Well, thank you. I hope. A lot of people go and vote a week from tonight and today in the next preliminary election. No other responses, councillors.
9: Just to make it clear that there was four of us that did vote for charter review Correct. several years back. We feel I still feel strongly for charter review, making that very clear as one counselor i um, I'll speak for myself and I. Think it's something that needs to happen
18: it was a majority vote four out of seven correct
9: four three correct
18: four three correct and I believe it was thrown into the waste basket through a special committee because they felt that it was not the pure majority of the method citizenship
0: at the, that let's clarify at the state house that was done not here
18: correct did, did you want to clarify at a special that? committee at the state house
0: hmm correct Right. <clears throat> Excuse me, correct. I have a cold, I apologize.
18: But if the, the, this ballot question came on, it would simply allow us to elect a committee of, I believe, nine people. Doesn't mean that we have to change any iota of term limits.
0: Yeah, just to review.
18: Right. Yep. So, but still the state would not honor your request, it seems.
9: Yeah, if, correct. If this charter review process is a it takes years, so just to get the committee set up, you need the state house to approve our home rule petition, which we need to at some point, this, uh, the council needs to at some point try again. It just needs to be the right time. It
18: seems to me that uh, even in the president's elections after FDR died in his fourth term, I believe. At that point, even the President of the United States has a term limit of two terms. So it seems it would, it would behoove the public to bring some new blood and new ideas to bring us forth, especially with this great location we have here, not five miles north of Boston. It's most unfortunate. Mr. President. Uh, actually,
0: Councilor Scott Pelley is up next. Councilor Scott Pelley?
8: I'll yield to Uh, Council Marks, and then I'll hit my button again. Council Marks, you're on.
0: You can
12: leave it on. Mr. President, it was actually my resolution back uh, a few years ago that asked that a home rule petition be sent uh, because, Mr. President, at the time uh, there was a working group that was putting together signatures uh, to try to get it on the ballot. And I thought that uh, because of the length of the process um, that it would have been uh, a much cleaner process uh, to push forward a home rule petition that uh, was passed by an elected body, uh, which was a four to three vote. Um, the situation, Mr. President, as Mr. Castaneda alluded to, uh, it was sent to the State House and it never even received a public hearing. So it's not that they denied it, it never even got a public hearing. And I called the chairman of the committee, Mr. President, and asked him point blank and he said we didn't feel that it had full support of the Medford City Council by the way of a four to three vote. That was exactly his words. Now I don't know if he's still the chairman of that committee, I don't know if the feeling's still the same up there, but at some point, I agree, the signature process to me, why put people through getting thousands of signatures when we know that a charter review is uh, needed in this community, and as was mentioned, We can look at many things such as check and balances. Uh, Maybe the auditor should report to the council. Maybe the finance director should report directly to the council. Maybe we should have ward representation. Maybe we should stagger elections. Maybe there's a lot of things we can look at. And uh, I I think it's long overdue, Mr. President. So I I agree with the uh, uh, petitioner. I would just say doing it now at this time of night uh, I think it has to have a, a full blown meeting where we invite many residents up here, maybe even doing a reverse 911 call and, and make it a big to-do, Mr. Castanetti, uh, rather than just trying to push something through now. Because uh, and, and, I believe there's a lot of support out there. Right.
18: Thank you, Councilor Thank Marks, you. for your input. Thank
0: you, Councilor. Very
18: well thought out.
0: Scott
8: Pelly. Uh, thank you, Mr. Castanelli. First of all, let me apologize. I had to run to the men room, so, men's room, so I missed the first, so I apologize for that. But I, 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 for myself, voted for the Charter Review. And I think that, you know, in um, a few short months, we're going to have a very different City Council. So uh, as my colleagues alluded, I think that um, possibly that would be something that, uh, whether It'll be two or three or four councils gone. Um, maybe at that time, it should be something that's re- revisited because I think there's a, there's a <laughs> lot of substance to what you're saying, I think it's important. So, thank you. Thank you, Councilor, very thank much. Thank you, Councilor Scott Pellett. Well, well, I'm, I'm, I... am i am mister Castaneda. Does anyone
0: else want to
18: say
0: anything? But, Mr. Castaneda, you still have the floor. Thank you. You have have another couple of minutes.
18: Thank you. On the other two similar matters, the second similar matter to help society here, seems to me it's a waste of effort and expense and a lot of work to have a preliminary a week from today.
0: Point of information, Council night.
18: The podium collected nomination
10: signatures for both mayor and city councilor. He was the candidate that prompted the primary election. It was either going to be in the city council or it was going to be in the mayor's fight. He collected signatures for both races to prompt the primary election.
18: <laughs> okay. Do I have the floor back from yes, councilor? Knight interruptions? You
0: have the floor. He, well, he made a point of information, which he can't do right. that. Right. But know.
18: his point of information is incorrect did because you, I did not cause a primary. Or preliminary, as you call it, in your city. I was the 14th candidate to sign up for city council, not the 15th. That was someone else.
10: Point of information, Mr. President?
0: Point of information, Councillor Knight.
18: So, the
10: rumor that's going around the city that there was a flip of a coin to determine what office you were going to run for is inaccurate?
18: That's neither here nor there, Councillor Knight. <laughs>
0: Let's, let's not, let's, let's. And, by, and by
18: the way, I was told by Councilor De La Russo not to mention, like he chastised someone else earlier, to mention anything about politics. I'm not throwing my hat on the table here saying I'm run in, right inside a race. You're saying this, by the way. You're breaking your own rules. Mr. Castaneda,
0: you have another minute. So just to pure
23: wrap.
18: Thank you for the minute. Sorry for the interruptions. No worries. I had to correct the fact. So if this government could not avoid the preliminary, as they could not do that two years ago in a timely fashion, maybe our wonderful hard working rookie of the year, city clerk Adam Herterbees, might have a simple stand-in solution so we could avoid this problem in the future to eliminate one. At all this extra work and time and wear and tear on people coming outside to vote. I ask Mr. Clerk if he has some idea that might be helpful to avoid this problem in the future.
0: Okay. Okay, Mr. Mr. Uh, your, your 10 minutes is
18: up. No response? Oh. Uh, well,
0: I, it, the, the clerk like is not really called upon to uh, answer questions usually during the meeting. Um, I'm sure he probably has some thoughts and opinions as to what can happen with regard to uh, a preliminary election or maybe avoiding a preliminary election in the future. But um, in, 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 you know, maybe in the future, I think, you know, if they, point of information, Consul Caviello. The point is, communities in Syria
3: have uh, eliminated their preliminary elections uh, they've changed the criteria to one of the preliminary kicks in I think that will sh- be something that uh, should be looked in to uh, with the next with, with maybe th- the next council uh, coming in next year but I say but there are I think Melrose has done it, I think Stoneham's been about there's a lot of communities that have eliminated or just changed the criteria to when a, pl- uh, a preliminary kicks in so it is something that probably will be looked into uh, next
18: year. Well, thank you for your enlightenment, Councilor Carviola, because that's good to know that yeah. it's, it has been done in this great society of Massachusetts, just not here. Yeah. So I, I guess my third point,
0: uh, my Mr. third Cass- point- Mr. Cassinetti, your ten minutes is up.
18: Those two interruptions,
0: But I gave, you, I gave you extra time at the end, you can ask the clerk.
18: So I guess this will be a bad time to ask for my own occupied real estate tax <laughs> exemption. <laughs> Over $2,000 a year is being lost out for the last 27 years since it started in
0: 1992. The, Mr.
18: Castanetti. Thank you for not answering.
0: I appreciate your efforts. Uh,
18: You're all very clear as a bell. I get it.
0: Thank you. I thought it was Andrew Paul earlier. On the motion of Council Scarpelli, seconded by Council De to receive in place on file, all those in favor? All those opposed, the paper is approved in place.
9: Paper 19546, offered by President Falco, be it resolved that the Medford City Council extend its deep and sincere condolences to the family of Thomas Higgins on his recent passing. Did you, requ- did you request The little face. The little face. The face, yep.
3: There you go. There
9: we go. There you go. Council Falco. <laughs>
0: Thank you, thank you, Vice President longo uh, uh Since we last uh, met, which was back in um, August, we uh, lost uh, uh, Thomas Higgins. Uh, he uh, lived in uh, Medford all his life, was a veteran, worked for the DPW for probably about 30 years, um, dedicated uh, a good portion of his life um, to his family and, uh, and to, uh, to the city of Medford um, through all his hard work and dedication. Um, so I just wanted to uh, offer this uh, resolution and uh, thoughts and prayers to uh, the family.
9: Nineteen five four eight, offered by President Falco. Be it resolved that the Medford City Council extends deep and sincere condolences to the family of Libby Crochet on her recent passing. Councilor Falco.
0: Thank you, Vice President Longo-Kern. Anyone that uh, is a person at St. Francis knew uh, Ms. Croce. Um, uh, Libby was um, an absolute uh, constant down at St. Francis. She was at everything. Uh, She was a teacher for many years at St. Francis uh, in the school, when they had the school, and um, when they, uh, you know, at CCD classes, and you always saw her at mass uh, every week. Uh, She was just uh, always involved uh, with St. Francis, always helping out, and uh, she will be missed. So uh, thoughts and uh, prayers to uh, her family as well.
9: Thank you. 19.548, offered by President Falco, be it resolved that the Medford City Council extend its deep and sincere condolences to the family of Don Gallagher on his recent
0: passing. Thank you, Vice President Longo Curran. Don Gallagher, also another uh, uh, parishioner from St. Francis, Um, uh, really, really nice guy. He was in the choir, um, holy name, society as well. Uh, always helping out uh, down at San Francis see him at, at mass as well and uh, um, He lived in the heights as well uh, very nice person and um, He will be missed in uh, thoughts and prayers to uh, his family as well. Thank you. Thank you
9: offered by Councilor be it resolved the mo- moment of silence be held to the longtime Medford resident Jim DeVideo on his recent passing Councilor Marks. Uh,
12: thank you, uh, Madam President. Uh, Jim uh, was a retired teacher, um, longtime Method resident. He served with distinction the with the Method Special Police for 40 years, four decades, uh, gave service to this community, and uh, just an all around good guy, and he will be sorely missed, Mr. President. Mrs. President. Madam President. Thank you,
9: Councilor Marks. Um, also offered by Councilor Marks, be it resolved that a moment of silence be held for longtime Medford resident, Linda Rapucci-Colangeli on her recent passing. Councilor Marks. Uh,
12: thank you, Madam President. Mrs. Colangeli uh, was born and raised, lifelong Method resident. They owned a family business uh, for a number of years, EA Colangeli Construction, um, and she was uh, a terrific mother, grandmother, sister, aunt, and, uh, you know, she will be solely missed, Madam President.
9: Thank you. Um, if we could all rise for a moment of silence. Do you want to do yours now? Okay. Offered by Councillor Be it resolved that the Medford City Council hold a moment of silence to honor those lost in the September 11, 2001 World, World Trade Center attack. If we could all rise. by Council Falco. <laughs> be it resolved that the Medford City Council congratulate Gino Carbone for Boy Scout from Boy Scout Troop 416 on earning the rank of Eagle Scout. Be it further, further resolved that Gino be invited to a future meeting to be recognized by the Medford City Council. That is paper 19549. Council
0: President Falco. Thank you, Vice President Longo-Kern. I'd like to congratulate uh, Gino on uh, earning the rank of Eagle Scout, uh, which is uh, a tremendous um, honor and a lot of hard work. And um, so uh, congratulations to Gino. Congratulations to his family as well. Um, So I just want to congratulate him and all his hard work on this uh, amazing achievement and uh, invite him to a future meeting to be recognized by the Memphis City Council.
9: Absolutely. Motion by Councilor Falco, seconded by Councilor Delarusso, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. All those opposed? Paper passes. Thank you.
4: that is receiving this from you. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs>
0: um, thank you, Councilor Della Russo. Uh, um, if I may, uh, uh, we have a resolution from Councilor Scarpelli, be it resolved that the city administration and director of DPW review mm. a process of installing a crosswalk. On Locust Street, specifically from the path next to Lacanti Rink, and crossing in front of Wegmans, Councilor Scott Kelly. Uh,
8: thank you, Mr. President. I know I've talked to a few residents from the Locust Street uh, apartments, and uh, they they expressed some concern during the summer. Um, but I think that the the calm was that the construction part of that is the streets would be done over, uh, but. As school has started, and then as winter months start with the Lacanti rink opening, I saw firsthand just the other day um, a student run across during an early release from Lacanti to uh, Wegmans, and uh, as one car stopped to let this young lady go, another car darted around them uh, because there aren't uh, cross. There's not one crosswalk on Locust Street right now, so. Um, for the sake of public uh, safety, we recommend that um, the DPW and maybe the Traffic Commission can go out there and please implement a crosswalk in that area. Thank you.
0: On the motion to Consul Scottelli, seconded Thank. by Councilor Delarusso. All those in favor, uh, all those opposed, the motion passes. Reports to committees 19-480, fiscal 2020 budget committee uh, budget committee report. I budget's been passed, uh, just quickly, uh, we met numerous times, June 8th, 11th, 13th, 18th, 20th, 24th, and 25th, and we passed the budget. Um, uh, on the motion of Councilor Knight, seconded by Councilor De La Russo, all those in favor? Aye. Report is approved. one 483 July 16, 2009. Uh, ordinances subcommittee, um, this meeting was uh, regarding the OPEB ordinance that was eventually passed. Um, Let's see, uh, uh, Ms. Benjamin gave a summary of her paper. She outlined the relevant state law governing OPEB. Uh, she also highlighted the requirements within the p- uh, paper submitted by the mayor, including statutory relationships of the OPEB committee. On the motion of Council Knight. Second. Seconded by Council Scarpelli, All those in favor? All right. The report is approved. 19-287, uh, the committee, the whole report, the uh, purpose of the meeting was to, for the committee of the whole to continue the discussion of for hiring a zoning consultant, including the RFP process with the city's chief procurement officer. On the motion of Councilor Delaruso, seconded by Councilor Carriello. all those in favor, Aye. all those opposed. The report is approved. One four eight two, July thirtieth, two thousand nineteen. The purpose of the meeting was for the committee of the whole to discuss the proposed amendments to the zoning district that is mm-hmm. known at, not, now known as uh, Commercial 2, Mr. Capcara. On, mo- mm-hmm. on the motion of Council Knight to receive a place on file, seconded by Councilor Scarpelli. All those mm-hmm. in favor? All those opposed? Rece- Papers received a place on file. Mm. <laughs> Budget report received and place on file. Budget report approved. Approved. Okay. Hmm. Minutes. I'm sorry, records. Uh, the records of the meeting of August 13th were passed to mm-hmm. Consul Carviello. Consul Carviello, could you please let us know, how did you find those records?
3: I did my best to uh, reconcile the 27 pages of the records and I, I feel that they are in order and while we speak if i could thank uh, carol powers for the lovely bows uh, that she's done every year for us and, uh, and and her cause
0: yes thank you for the bows and on the motion of Council caviello to approve the records from august 13 2019 seconded by council knight all those in favor all those opposed the records are approved on the motion of council scarpelli seconded by council caviello that the meeting be adjourned all those in favor all those opposed meeting adjourned <laughs>